Heyo, and welcome to Core. This is Core for January 6th, 2021 to... I almost said the whole... Well, I did. I screwed it up. 2022. This is the first show I've screwed it up on. How does that make you guys feel that I that I saved it for now? That I effed it up on Core? How's that feel, Wait, John? 2021 to... Yeah, 20... <laughs> I'm embarrassed you think so little of us. Well, you would be okay with making mistakes on core, but I not know. on TMS or retro show. I've been working Play so right hard on not screwing the date up, but then I did it here and I didn't mean to. It's 2022. Happy New Year. We're back. Uh, still basking in the glow of all of your comments about our picks for best games of the year last year, which actually had quite the effect on what I played this week. And we'll get to that. But our conversation pushed me uh, down a, down a hallway I wasn't expecting, and uh, we'll get to all that. I'll explain it when we talk about what we played. But it's good to be here. I'm Scott. That's John. That's Bo. We got a show ahead of us. Let's dive right in. Okay, so PlayStation VR two got announced. VR to virtual reality. <laughs> Virtual reality finally gets a sequel, you guys. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you were expecting that so soon, but the entirety of VR, finally, a part two is here. Uh, part two, <laughs> VR wins. Yeah. In this one, VR wins. Wait. Yeah, so it kind of won for them last uh, generation because they did quite well with it, turns out. So I'm. Mean, you guys are no stranger to this, but if you're a console maker, uh, you make your console, you ship it with a controller, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a pack-in game. It depends on when you're selling that uh, device. Sometimes uh, a launch NES has nothing in there, but later on Mario's in there, that sort of thing. Um, but you really you are just getting the core machine, a controller, and then the opportunity to add games to your, to your life. Uh, anything else is usually a bad seller, almost by default. So if you're going to add something like, remember Sega's little dance circle thing they made? What was that called? The Reactor, Reactive, React, Sega React. Was that it? Whatever it was. Way back in the day. Genesis era stuff. It was like a a thing you corded in to a controller port. And it it was like an octagon around you. And supposedly you could like punch and fight and kick and stuff. And it would register. Okay. Yeah. Don't remember the name of it. uh, But that thing was a thing. Sold terribly. Now, if the Genesis had launched with it, you would never be able to say it sold terribly because it would be a one-to-one purchase. It would just be there every time. Not even games are one-to-one. Even your biggest system sellers like, I don't know, uh, Zelda, the Ocarina, or no, let's think of a better one than that. What's the one that, the, the new one, Breath of the Wild, but newish one. That is as close as you'll get to a one-to-one sell with the Switch, but it's not one-to-one. And there never are. They're never one-to-one. These accessories, light guns, you know, external hard drives, modems, weird little add-ons, depending on when you're talking about the era Sega or whatever. Sega 32X. Sega 32X, a great example, unless you were like me and you and we went and bought CDXs because we're crazy. But that was the only exception, and that was a 400-and-something-dollar exception. <laughs> it's a bad idea, honestly. But uh, what I'm getting at is these accessories are never one-to-one, and they usually are kind of abysmal in terms of overall sales. Uh on PCs, that's different because PCs are seen as a modular concept and adding something to it all the time. A new mouse, a new keyboard, a new whatever is pretty common, new video card. It's not that crazy of an idea, just a different world. Well, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but by all accounts, PlayStation VR for the PlayStation 4 was a genuine hit for them. They made 
a lot of money from it. They sold quite a few of them. It wasn't one-to-one, but it was higher than most of these things get. And therefore, I am not surprised that they are going to have a follow-up in the form of whatever VR2 means. Well, we actually kind of know what it means. We know what the specs are and stuff. I'm not going to get too into the weeds on that because it's kind of just boring tech time stuff. But uh, here's what you're going to get. All right. Visual fidelity, as far as that's concerned, PSVR2 offers 4K HDR, 110 degree field of view. That's all higher than the the, uh, original VR helmet. And foveated rendering. Now, I learned what this is. Do you guys want to know what foveated rendering is? Do you want yes, to know? Please. It was illegal in most states, but <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to know oh. what it will actually be. Yeah. You still can't foveate in Wyoming or they'll arrest you on, on the yeah. spot. So don't foveate in public. Uh, no, foveated rendering is this. So it's a smart eye tracking technology that is giving the most render focus and uh, attention and under the hood power to what your eyes are looking at directly. So think of it in real life. I'm walking around and my field of view is what it is. And over here, I can kind of see my hands are wiggling to the sides. If I look at one of my hands, I'm like, oh, there it is. And I can see it in full high definition hand movement. Same with this hand. But when I'm looking straight ahead at my screen, my focus is there and what's kind of within that main focus range. And I know my hands are moving and they're just outside of here, but they don't need to have the same attention in terms of fidelity frame rate, uh, pixel density, all that kind of stuff as what I'm seeing directly in front of me. And it's a smart enough system to know to render what's in your field of view focus and not periphery stuff. It's not that it won't be there. It just won't have the, it won't have the attention. It's the same technology or at least similar principle to like uh, how they film the Mandalorian. Yes. Like it will only render what the camera is looking at in high detail and anything outside of the camera is uh, fuzzy and less rendered. Right. In a more in a meat space example, it always reminds me of when I watch some backstage or behind the scenes footage of early Walking Dead episodes. And I didn't know this at the time, so it was just really cool to see. But there'd be one of those shots where a whole road, like a wide road out in the country somewhere is just packed with a thousand zombies. They're all coming to get Rick and his pals, you know. That's the whole deal, and uh, and someone's yelling Carl, and it's all it's all scary and everything. But when the cameras cut, you realize you start to see this in the front of the group, about ten people back worth of space, and then divide you know times that by ten, so you got maybe I don't know thirty people there. They all have really intricate, carefully made makeup on, makes them look like zombies. This guy's jaws hanging off, that lady's eyes missing guys half his head is missing whatever and it's all very detailed but then the 30 people behind them are like a two or three steps behind that in terms of uh detail and then behind them more so and then by the time you get to the back it's literally just people with a couple of grease pencil marks on their face to kind of emulate maybe a drawn out you know jawline or or something Because you don't need it in the focus. So I've probably over 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 explained this, but that's what foveated rendering is. Uh, and it's very cool, actually. It's a it's a neat thing. And it and it been this this sort of uh, use case is, is really beneficial because you're trying to maximize what you're looking at all the time in VR and maximize that frame rate and all that sort of stuff. And this will help you do that. Each eye gets a resolution of 2000 by 2040. So it's per eye. 
It's pretty yeah, good. Screw the screen door. I hate the screen door. Yeah, no more screen door, baby. Smooth frame rates of 90 slash 120 hertz. Uh, the, the, the thing I heard the night they announced this that at CES was 120 was what they were aiming for with everything. So I don't know if the 90 slash just gives them a little wiggle room or whatever. But 90 is considered kind of your baseline or as low as you'd want to go. 120 hertz would be preferable. Uh, he- Headset-based controller tracking, so inside-out tracking like the Quest does. That's really important. No no weird camera to have to face at or have your room be exactly the way it needs to be. It'll mm-hmm. it'll be inside-out tracking, so that's very cool. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff, some sensor stuff. The, the headset excel- itself will actually vibrate and do uh, haptic feedback and do it in like zones and stuff. So oh, no. <laughs> somebody hits you in the head with a bullet, like let's say, Bron- or, uh, um, uh, Bo, you're playing, I don't know, Call of Duty VR edition. Somebody pops you in the head with a headshot. You're going to feel it right here. Like a little right in the side All of your right. head, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know if it'll be as in-depth as their haptic stuff with the controller that they're pushing. Well, be careful but- with that haptic feedback on the head. Uh, um, that <laughs> yeah. Head injury is a, you know, yeah. is it repetitive head injury or whatever it is? Like, like apparently even being in a, at one of those... Um, like water, water thing. What's a jet ski? Oh. Jet ski is actually bad for your head because of all the vibrating happening. It actually causes. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Your skull. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if this is gonna. I don't know about this one. I don't. I get the feeling of being there, but that's my initial reaction to hearing haptic feedback on your head. It's probably not a great idea. Yeah, I mean they're gonna do it. <laughs> it'll like, it'll be light and it'll be like a little sort of thing. It's not gonna be anything yeah. that like shakes your head. Although maybe it's maybe it's adjustable. Who knows? They have to be careful there, sure. Um, anyway, there's a bunch of other stuff. The controllers are going to be more like what you see with the Quest Two, more you know, kind of hand wrap around stuff that's made for VR, um, all that sort of thing. It's got eye tracking, so in theory, that eye tracking, which helps with foveated rendering and other stuff, will also be an in-world thing. So I'm in the game, uh, or let's say, John, you're in the game. And you're walking around going, oh, I'm doing quests in this game. I'm doing stuff. And as you walk by NPCs, and if you glance at one of those NPCs, in theory, they'll be able to programmatically recognize you're looking at them and then look back at you and go, oh, he's, looking at, he's looking at me. And and know that your your gaze is wherever your gaze is. Sony's going to know I foveated <laughs> all the lady NPCs <laughs> in the village. They are. So They're going to be like, put them on the list. Yeah, yeah fo- foveating technology has told me he's a perv. Yeah, all that eye tracking data is going back to Sony <laughs> HQ. Well, Just like looking that. up, I respect all NPCs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the other weird, the weird yeah. thing about VR is like the. It's because no one's real in there. So I've like watched just like people taking these videos of like a small town hockey game. Yeah, you know, like just regular home videos, but then in the full 3DR. And what what I noticed about my behavior in there is in real life, you know, if you find someone interesting to look at, you don't stare at them because they'll see you, right? Right. 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 You're just like, what's up with that guy's booger, right? You you kind of glance and you're like, there's clearly a booger in his nose, as you know, but maybe you're wrong. The last thing you want to do, if if you know, is stare at them. But in VR, you can just be like, "I see your booger; it's there." You know, you can just look at them, and there's no consequence to that behavior in a VR video <laughs> setting, right? So, I, I can't remember what the point of this was. 
<laughs> I like. I was I, like, <laughs> point is, I'm going to be staring at a lot of NPCs. Yeah, a lot of ladies. Exactly. That, that, yeah, well, the new- guys too. Everybody. Any, anything you find interesting, like in right. any sort of social inter- it does. Like, yes, your first thing is like, I'm going to look. I'm going to lech. But it's like, no, it's like anybody. Like, it's anything you find interesting. It's weird to realize that anything else that's sentient, you know, will react to your. Oh yeah. You're looking at them. Yeah. So it changes the dynamic when the human beings around you, literally around you in, in, in the full sort of space, you're like, I can just look at them. Yeah. And they can't know. Here, and, you know that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Because here, here's an example. Let's see you see some weird little old man on a bench in real life. You would never walk over there and get within an inch of him and kind of check his face out. Real yeah, close. just be. Yeah. You'd never yeah, do that. Yeah. But in a game setting, when you see an interesting looking NPC, an old man sitting on a bench, and you're like, wow, the detail's crazy on this. You'll be okay going over there and just checking him out, looking at every crease and wrinkle and trying to find flaws and all that. Yeah, and eating a Snickers while you do it and stuff. Going, right. Mm-hmm. Mm, Snickers. That said, I did work with somebody who did this in real life. And oh, my was, Lord. And they're, they're annoying, right? Like, you know, yeah. Like, oh, no. It proper was the behavior. worst. Yeah. yeah it it doesn't sound fun. But the point is, like, in the, with this technology, the theory is that if you did this scenario with the old man on the bench, he won't just sit there and let you stare at him like you could in a first-person shooter or something, like even now on a computer screen, he's going to go and look at you. Like he's going to react to you being there. That's when things get interesting, potentially. Uh, because then our human instincts, like Bo is describing, kick in. Like we're now what are we going to do? Oh, I'm being noticed. And even though I know this isn't real, it's it's adding to this sense of real reality that I'm, you know, that it's makes it virtual. It's always fun when a game calls you out. When it, even if it's just a little trick where like, you know, if you if you look at something in, in your Doom game and then an NPC goes, oh, you find that interesting. Like oh, it's always those are always fun moments when they when they work, you know. So. Or the near achievement yeah. that gets you in trouble if you tried to look up the character's dress. Is that true? And it gives. Oh, yeah, is it there gives an you, achievement for that? Yeah, if you if you if you try and aim the camera up the the dress, you get an achievement for it for uh, being a perv, basically. <laughs> well, well, John, thanks for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I have, to test, to, get that I have so to test these look. things so that other people don't fall for them. That's really what oh, it's I see. Make sure that your characters okay. are wearing underwear or else maybe you don't agree with the politics of the game. And yeah, I think Death yeah. Stranding did it as well. If you uh, foveate Norman Reedus. <laughs> if you foveate the Reedus. Yeah. Yeah. That'll get you. Um, they, the way they described it is you would get input from other characters in the game if you just glanced at something. So. This is kind of cool if you think about it. If you were in a situation where the quest giver or the, I'm just using that as an example, but the NPC says, were you able to find the body or whatever? You didn't, you don't have to say yes or choose from a wheel or, you know, any of that. You could just look down at the body and they'll go, oh, I see. Like that's the, there are some narrative possibilities with this. I'm not saying they'll do it right. You a virtual De Niro and he's like, you looking at me? <laughs> Are you looking at me? I, why well, not? I'm better rendered. Yeah. <laughs> better rendered than anybody else here. So you must be looking at me. There you go. Here's I mean, the imagine thing. Imagine a moment where, it, you know, because like you get cowarded by gangsters or like, don't look me in the eye and they pull a gun on you. And if you do, mm, you, look at you, you get shot. And if you don't, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, like no kidding. I feel like this is not how it's going to work, but I love all these ideas very much. I do too. And the other biggest problem with that is they don't have, uh, unlike like, the, even the quests and tethered to PC stuff, they have a lot of options that are kind of dark webby. Like you can get some weird shit. And I don't just mean porn and things. I just mean like weird demos that you're not going to get anywhere else or, you know, uh, side load something that's, that wasn't meant for your retail device. 
and Sony, that's all locked down with Sony. They're, you're going to have yeah. Sony experiences, yeah. and that's all you're going to have. That, that'll be it. I, um, I guess I'd need to see how it stacks up versus a Quest, because the Quest is the obvious purchase, unless there's a killer app on the PS2. Yeah. On the VR, what? PS2, PS2, yeah, PS2. PS2. Big, hot, new console, like, the Hori- PS2. The Horizon Call of the Mountain thing looks like it. <laughs> Horizon yeah. Call of the Mountain. Yeah, that's what it's called. No, it's called. no, it isn't. What? Oh, it, it is. is. I'm sorry. Is it, is it Horizon? <laughs> <laughs> you're like you idiot, Bo. <laughs> hey, you don't know the names of any mountain. You act like you're all smart. All right. That actually that actually clears up a little confusion I had because they did say you'll be. I mean, that stage thing was like Horizon Forbidden West, the upcoming this and that, and you're going to be able to visit that world in VR. And so my initial thing was, oh. That game will be VR playable. That isn't what they meant. It's this little spin out, <laughs> Horizon Call of the Mountain. You helped me clarify that finally. Thank you. I'm the dummy. I, okay. I was confused. I mean, about I, their, I uh, just figured it out two seconds ago. Don't feel bad. I, you were talking and I, got, I glanced at the article. I just like that Scott felt so strongly about the title. He's like, Bo, it's not called Call of the Mountain. <laughs> well, I didn't. Although I take a Walmart VR experience. Does that exist? Did you, you see it? Walmart? It's insane. Have you seen that Walmart thing? No, no. Oh, what the frick is even that? So everybody, I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. We need to prepare for this because it's going to get weird. Uh Everybody is wanting to jump on that metaverse wagon, even if they don't understand what the hell it is. Go to a barbershop, barbershop (laughs) VR, like get fake haircut. If if you want to. Well, their, their thing is to say, hey, come to Walmart and virtually shop for everything you need. Reach out and grab that soda, put it in your thing. Guess what? That soda is now in real time being put into a, a cart and brought to your house, along with whatever uh, else you buy. I, I don't want to go to actual reality Walmart. <laughs> I don't either. Well, you didn't. Ha- mean, you don't have they to. They actually hire. They actually hire. You know, youthful, bright, happy people to attend you in the VR experience versus you know oh. the very sad reality of VR yeah. or non VR Walmart. Which yeah, is- this doesn't have vomit on the floor. This doesn't have a guy with weird underwear yeah. and his butt showing. Like you're not gonna have to deal with any of that. It's just the experience of grab stuff yeah, and then a lady pops in and goes, Hi, to make your shopping experience more whatever. I mean it's all very blade runner y kinda I'm kinda getting that vibe out of it. Yeah. But and I mean, still by the way AI. once an AI can have a chat with you about uh you know kids like yeah. And, and the pool and, you know, stuff. Yeah, and exactly. And I, out? by the way, I'm all in on this. Like people I, p- may take away from this that I'm like, what a bunch of dumb ideas. I don't think so. I think these are going to be weird stepping stones. I'm old enough to remember Microsoft Bob and, and that damn paperclip and all these other attempts to do things that are kind of like AI, kind of like we're in the future. It's all stepping stones, tablets, and everything else. That we're, we're we're finally getting to a place where some of this could make could be in our reality in the future. And I'm here for it. I'm ready. I'll shop yeah. like this anywhere. I don't have a problem sure. with any of it. I mean, the, honestly, so sometimes with new technology ideas like this, the big issue I have is I go, well, why on earth would you do that? Like the big question is why? Yeah. I can actually tell you this. As somebody who's been buying groceries online from Walmart for uh basically since the pandemic started yeah one of the big issues of doing that method versus going to the store is sitting down in front of a web browser you're not thinking very well about what you need at least i'm not because my life is chaos and i don't remember what i need day to day i don't have a grocery list that i've been putting together and being able to walk up and down virtual aisles and look at things and go oh yeah we do need that would actually be beneficial to me right 
Right. Like, and that's not to say that that completely justifies it for my one use case. But I sit here thinking about it. And for the initial, like, why reaction? There's why. That's a really decent reason to go with. Right. There used to be, I mean, there, there, there have been times in our history where you could say, well, why would I ever want like a fully functioning computer in my pocket? And now we I have them. We don't even, I made fun of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, guys, I want to get a computer. And I was like, what do you need a spreadsheet calculator for mom? Yeah, mom. A bratty little kid. Like, you don't need that. That's just a big old paperweight. I didn't you, say that. But it was that, essentially but... the idea was like, well, are you going to spend that much money on a calculator? Fancy yeah. calculator, ma. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, as I'm saying, I think that there have been times like that. And yes, in the initial stages, often things are unwieldy and weird and we don't know what to do with it. And, you know, Second Life's like this crazy proto version of what everybody thinks we're aiming for now. But they're not going to be the thing, right? No one's going to go back to Second Life. Go, oh, hey, the metaverse, it was here the whole time. Let's let's make dildos fly in space or whatever they do in there. I don't know what they do in there now, but the point is like... uh there's a future of something like this. The headsets are smaller. The access is easier. The price of entry is cheaper. It's eventually something. But right now, we got to fiddle with all the unitterated weirdness. And part of me loves that. Part of me loves that it's weird and untested and we don't know. And on the one hand, Zuckerberg thinks you're going to want to do this. But on the other hand, um, Apple, who's rumored to have a headset of their own coming out this year and they haven't told anybody about it, uh, they've got their own idea about what you might want to be doing. And and then there are a whole other people that are like, whatever mine is, I want it to be Deckard's, something he would wear in the middle of the rainy Tokyo nights. and Or LA, I guess, is where he was. Always reminds me of Tokyo. But he, he, it's going to be this weird thing where we're going to offload our brains. And, you know, like everybody's got their idea about what they want. We're going to get to a place where it susses down and all the particulates are moved out and all we're left with is whatever the gold is. And then that's what our future mixed reality will be. And it's fine. Exactly what people say NFTs are. <laughs> no, they like don't. Yours is actually fun as opposed to what they're <laughs> The problem with NFTs is, actually, well, actually, I have similar <laughs> beliefs. I believe the NFT thing will suss itself out over time. Right now, it's just a giant scam bag. But- it, there's there are technological implications with what F- NFTs are based on and b- the blockchain in general, Bitcoin in general. A bunch of that stuff will evolve into whatever it's going to be. What it is right now is not that ultimate. That is not what yeah, it will be. I, I feel like the reason we're talking about it more is because MLMs have always been around. Yeah, like they're constant, and it's just if we're not in that finance, like we could be financial people doing a financial podcast, always talking about that kind of stuff. And that could be our everyday, but because it's not our everyday, but it's bubbling to the surface of every day, mm-hmm. we're annoyed because we just hate that. Shit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, exactly. There's always going to be new financial schemes and people trying to push it in various ways. Just like, like I think your, your observations astute, John, it's literally the same thing, but we just don't give a shit about that stuff. And most yeah. people think it sounds, <laughs> yeah. the one thing everyone like, seems heard, to, I've heard that the blockchain, I've heard it, I can't remember where I heard it, but a good use, a non-financial use for blockchain having to do with plane tickets and refunds and stuff. Like, yeah. it was not financial at all. It was just applying the technology to t- uh, plane ticketing transactions mm-hmm. that really sold, like, really convinced me, like, oh, this technology, that sounds like a really good implementation and use, like, getting your refunds if the flight gets canceled, like, stuff like that, like, making plane ticketing really um, improving it, essentially. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I couldn't do it justice. I don't remember the details. But I remember going like, oh, this is a non-financial application of blockchain. 
Yeah. There's so, a ton of those in the know, in the so, works, and I believe one day they'll that'll all make sense to people, and it'll make real sense to real people, not just you know edge 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 lord tech bros who are like, ooh, the new thing. I don't mean that. I mean like regular everyday people will go, oh, I can do that with my plane tickets, or oh, I can do that with my reservations for this hotel, or whatever the application is. It'll find its way, and it'll it'll find its way in a way that people then start to trust things around it. It'll be like the internet and buying online and all that stuff. It all comes into its own. It's just right now, this idea that it's this massive gold rush is just really weird to me. Maybe we'll all have our own blockchains at home. Like you'll have your blockchain box that you used to keep track of who's turned this to the dishes. And stuff yeah. At your house. Like, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Every family will have a blockchain ledger at home for some we reason. We used to have a blockchain where I lived, but then a second person got a bike and nobody could agree on who got the chain. Oh, that's a shame. Nobody yeah. wants to share a chain. No. Yeah. Well, I no. mean, it was we shared as well as we could. Yeah. Well, Wake look, up to yeah. the shame of you don't, having you, a blockchain. <laughs> you don't always have enough for everyone, so you got to share your chain. Uh, yeah. I get it. I get that. Uh, anyway, not much else to say about this except for um, I have an exciting bit of news. Oh. Um, I you was have able your own Bitcoin. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> Frog no. coin. Frog coming coin. in 2022-21. Coin pants. Get yours now. Actually, core coin would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Core coin core. would be good. Core coin. Corn. As of this moment, this is the, this is its nascent moment. Yeah, we're in. Core coin. Uh, no, not not that, but the Sony on the Sony take. Uh, I was finally able to, with the help of an awesome listener, procure uh, a PS5. So we're going to suddenly have actual PS5 hands-on coverage on the show, not mm. just you know us us pontificating about it. Um, and that's why I asked you guys the other day in our Slack. I'll share this with listeners. I just put out the question: If you're going to get one PlayStation game, and by the way, I. No knock on Sony. I'm excited to have their console just so I can have it and be able to compare it and all the things we do for shows and stuff. But um, you look at like the list of exclusives that I can't get anywhere else. It's not that great for the first year. It's okay, but it's not that great. Or at the very least, it's stuff that we kind of knew about or have played a bit before. And so it's not like groundbreaking. And you could say, well, that's true of Microsoft. Everyone's played Halo. Everyone's played... Blah, blah, blah. I know, but Game Pass has made it so it's really hard to ignore all the other stuff that you also got to play that had nothing to do with Microsoft other than their part of Game Pass. So I asked these guys, should I get Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I think comes with the first Spider-Man game remastered, I think. If not, I already own it, so I think that gives it to me anyway. Uh, or the Ratchet and Clank thing. Uh or what was the other one? Oh, uh, I added a third, but I didn't ask you guys about it. The, I was the, gonna say we only had two options. Which yeah, the re, uh, well, I didn't know they did it. They made they made a remastered uh, sixty frame plus per second, all you know, upticked for the PS5 version of uh, the Japanese sword guy game. What's it called? Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, That's the one. Tsushima. Which of those three? Should should Scott get and play as a good example of hey here's an awesome game because they don't have a service where I can just go play stuff for twelve bucks a month. I mean they do, but it's not it's nowhere near Game Pass. So I got I'm gonna get a game and I gotta decide which one to get. And John's like, well I'm a huge Spider Man guy, so that's how I'd go. 
And Bo's like, Man, I don't know, Ratchet and Clank's supposed to be awesome, and it's new, and you haven't played that in a long, sort of game in a long time. Well, it's because I've played a Spider-Man game before, but not a Ratchet game. That was my base. Yeah, and I and it's I think that's a valid thing to say, because I have too. Um, but I'm kind of also itching for open world, and Spider-Man is very much my kind of open world. And they're both Insomniac games, so you know but you're getting quality stuff anyway. ghosts in there? You should definitely play Ghosts. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking. Like, you I'm should definitely play Ghosts. You've played a Spider-Man game. You've played... Um, You've played Ratchet game, I think, right? You've played a Ratchet and Clank in your past at yeah, one point. Yeah, I have years ago. Have but, you ever played a Ghost of Sashimi game? No, there's only been one, and I did not play it. Right, and it's well regarded <laughs> game. You know, I mean, you like to try new things too. Just just knowing you, but comfort yeah. food is good too. Yeah, but if you can't decide, I would go with people are ra- Ghost. People are raving about Returnal and buy all three of them. Maybe Returnal's as good as everyone says. I might check that out, but my main thing is. Uh, I just want a big flagship title to to mess with um, before I get my hands on uh, uh, Forbidden West, which I'm very excited about, and God of yeah, War. Returnal and all that. is interesting. Yeah. yeah, but it is going to be weird because I'm going to have this option, but it's really going to just be there for when I want the big tent poles. You know, like I I'm never like going to PlayStation is going to come out with a, a pass. I thought that was recent. We might have missed it. No, they meant they we talked about it some. We don't know what it is yet is the problem. They they just said yeah, they're going to enhance the plus program and add a bunch of stuff and they didn't they gave no details like will it include first, you know, day one releases of their new their newest biggest IPs. They didn't say. Um they kind of need I think they need to do that to make it worth it or to make it competitive with what Microsoft's offering. And if they did, they, it'd got, be they got some work to do in the relationship department, right? Yeah, because <laughs> Microsoft a has a lot of solid partners. Yeah, a bit. It would be cool if they did that. I would love it if they did that, but I don't see. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what they announce. My guess is this year's E3, which we have a news bite about in a minute. We'll probably hear more about their plans. I mean, they there. couldn't even put the port of Final Fantasy VII remake on uh, PC without making it seventy dollars. I think that yeah. sends a pretty clear message that Sony has a hard time thinking of their products as something they can give away for free. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Like I, I'll bet it's pulling teeth for them to to go. Really, for twelve bucks a month, we're gonna let them have all of it. Like I, I bet they're dying for that. I, they just don't there's, like that there's idea. People at Sony who own Xboxes, right? Oh they're, sure, we're playing on game. It's right. Like the, the thing is, they're not in some cut off commune where they're like, "What's this Xbox doing?" You know? Well, no, like, they not probably all own people, it and are playing it. You know, there like, there are some that I think are clearly jamming up the works because mm. their their business well, practices yeah, to this a, point suggest otherwise. Yeah. Sure, I mean I, it's, it depends on the inner politics. There's there's whole divisions that aren't related to video games at Sony, and it could be those people who don't know that are involved in decision making. But right, right. Yeah. Oh, I should mention you know, this is those, a this is a digital only console. I should have mentioned that just for the heck of it because I'm ne- I'll never buy a disc for it because it literally can't take them. So mm. there you go. There you it's go. one of those. Well, they're cheaper. Plus, I don't buy discs at all. Unless you're going to say to me, hey, Amazon's got Ghost of Tsushima for eight bucks. Then otherwise, I'm just like, well, I'm just getting digital stuff. Why am I even bothering? I don't I don't use discs. In fact, I need to put something in the, the Series X and run it just so it doesn't get so much dust buildup that I ruin the drive in that thing for lack of use because I don't use that drive at all. I've used it once, I guess, for Mad Max Fury Road Blu-ray. Uh, that's it. And that's, that's the it, other huh? thing. If I if I get into 4K Blu-rays more or something, I doubt I will. But if I do, 
the Xbox will run those, so I don't need the PlayStation to have that. It'll be fine without it. But anyway, we'll see how that goes and which one I get. I'm leaning Ghosts now because I want an open world game, and that one's you know new-ish compared to. I did play that Spider-Man game a lot, and it sounds like this is like more of that, and that's cool. Yeah. Um. But if I'm really going to spend my time in something, I think Ghost of Tsushima might be it. And the the things that people complained about with that game, that it was just like so much to do in the world, like a huge map with a bunch of crap to get done. That's a selling point for those games. I like that stuff. So I mean, that's a lot of open. If you like open world games, you probably want that anyway. Yeah, I feel like it's probably more for me than any of the rest of it. I mean, I know I'm not going to get Souls Dark or Dark. What is it? Dark? No. Souls Dark? Souls Demon Souls? Souls? Demon Souls. I'm not going to get that remake. Cause I don't like those games. They're too hard. That's not my life. I'm, I'm, I can't do it. All right. There's our first story. <laughs> <laughs> we have more. Some of these are quick. Uh, Ubisoft plus is coming to game pass, but likely still as its own subscription. Um, but you'll still see That's some fine. Ubisoft in there. Yeah. I mean, Oh, still its own subscription. Well, not, I, it depends not, how expensive of an add on it. Right. Is, I, I agree. Right now they do this with, uh, somebody, EA, I believe. EA? Can... Oh, Stadia also does it. So, Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. No, no, Ubisoft has its own. I was I was subscribed to Ubisoft Plus for a few months. Yeah, they have their That's own why thing. I dropped off Valhalla. I was really enjoying Valhalla, but I never purchased it outright, and I've been, I've been eyeballing it on Xbox. I just have so many games that I'm like, oh, I can't buy it if I'm that literally not going to play it. But, oh, but Valhalla is super good. I, really, I didn't stop for any other reason other than I think I unsubbed and just sort of moved on. Um, well, I think that was the deal. Is the, the Ubisoft Connect only worked on consoles as a way to sync your saves, I think. And that was only with like the last three or four yeah. titles they've made. So uh, I'll oh, tell you, if they look, if they roll this out and go, it's and it's part of Game Pass, like like the way EA does with EA Play, that would be a huge get. That'd be massive. Uh, if it's and it's only another twelve bucks add-on thing, like I'm buying, you know, Showtime with my Prime subscription, I'm less excited. But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it can't be that rich. It's got like if it's an add-on, it's got to be cheap. There was it wasn't EA Play an add-on. It, yeah, it, I yeah. mean, there's a there's a free version of EA in uh, Game Pass, and there's a paid version. I don't know how well they connect and work together, but I know you can do it. Same with uh, steam actually does the same thing with EA mm-hmm. where it, I might have, I buy built Xbox into ultimate, it. Right. Right. So there's different tiers of Xbox game pass. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I just buy the ultimate. I've decided the big, uh, the big prediction of the year for me is that steam along with hopefully a successful rollout of the steam deck they're going to launch a game pass like service. Meaning I think this is like, it's a tall order because you're talking about a lot of third parties and I don't know how they're going to pay everybody. But if anybody could take advantage of this idea of 15 bucks a month, get you all you can eat buffet steam would just like tear that shit up. It you would think be cool. steam could do that though, with how big their library is. Well, that's they what I'm saying. They could like, charge a hundred dollars a month and not pay everybody you'd have access to. Well, it would, it would like, be even but, remotely close, but it wouldn't be, it would be like Microsoft game pass. MS game pass. Isn't every game. It's just their games plus third parties. They've roped in to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. it'd be like that. It would be, uh, you know, all all the Valve stuff would be include, included, obviously. It just seems like a no-brainer. But then, you know, you'd have maybe a hundred other titles that are all, you know, partnered up and doing it. But it wouldn't be everybody. 
I, I could just see them doing that. I, if, I think it's going to happen now because this is one of those moments, and I've mentioned it before, where Scott says something that my brain just immediately goes, wrong, wrong, no, to, and then turns out being 100% true and right. Like when he was like, you know what, I bet the Destiny 2 people talk to the Diablo people to figure out how to fix their game. And I was like, no, they didn't. You don't get to just make up a story because you like the the Diablo people. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then it ended up being true. They totally so <laughs> uh, I, I have a weird feeling that Scott might end up being right about this, because when he says Steam will do a game pass immediately, I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. They won't. Yeah. But maybe yeah. they will. Yeah. If you think about it, like we've talked about so many companies today since we got online. Sure. And they all have subscriptions. Yeah. Except for Valve. Yeah, and there yeah. is a play. Like, why and Valve is like makes money hand over. Like, why wouldn't they? Yeah. I think you could even just say a subscription to all Valve games, like 2015 and older. It wouldn't have to be even new stuff. That library of like we only see like 0.01 percent on our Steam homepage, and we search around for whatever's just hot. Like, like that light. There is a massive pile of games. Oh, there. yeah. And some would come in and some would go out and games that got ignored in 2015 because no one heard of sm- some small indie. They'll sign up just because they'll get some rad percentage out of it or something like it won't be a, it won't be a million games, but it'll be a lot of games. And then some will be like, hey, this month, so and so and so and so are coming in. Sweet. Brand new games on the on the Steam Game Pass unit. And then. At the end of the month, oh, I we're losing buy- these two games. They're they're going off the deal. It'll be yeah. just like Game Pass. Be and the then same. I can buy the adult visual novel add-on. That way I wouldn't actually have to purchase any of the adult games in order yeah, to try them out finally. and talk them on core. Finally, finally, we can try them without looking like total pervs. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can try it. Be a Dick. I think yeah. there's a game called Be a Dick on there. <laughs> really? Is that real? Is that real? Yeah, yeah. It's some visual novel sex thing. I mean, I didn't really look into it. It's just the first letter... So you're some frat jerk, I guess. Great. So the first letter is like. Delta. I was like, I didn't really look into it. Here's the rich Here's the lore. Exact of lore. The, the extent of my interest in it was figuring out what the first letter of Dick was because it, it was <laughs> Greek letter I K. Yeah. So oh, it was like okay. being a ick, but I didn't know what that letter was. And I then I clicked on it and I saw it was sex, and I'm like, oh, I guess it's Dick. Like, and it left. That's and that's then, the extent of my research on this information. That's probably the um, extent of the lore of the game as well. But yeah. sure, sure, yeah. the rest is dongs and, and things of that nature. <laughs> but like <laughs> things of that nature, things of a dong nature. <laughs> you know, dong like uh, other dong like. But anyways, items. I yeah. can buy the things of a dong nature add-on pass to my Steam pass, and you know, uh, on a lonely uh, February night, I can. Make some hot chocolate and make some hot chocolate. February. <laughs> Bo's planning for next month right now. Yeah, why not? Heavy winter time. Got to hunker down. February with hot chocolate and the dong-like appendage pack. There you have it. Hot out here for a pimp. Anyways. <laughs> oh, the other, sorry, the other bit of news. We didn't put it in here, but Ubisoft also announced that uh, Extraction, what is it? Um, Rainbow Six Extraction? Ghost, or No. Is it Rainbow Six or Ghost Recon? Ghost now I don't know. It's one of the Clancy's. It's one of those Clancy's. Anyway, that game is coming out day one on Game Pass. It's the first big Ubisoft uh, day one, just straight up <laughs> Game Pass game. We that trailer. <laughs> when we watched that live, we were like generic, generic, and left from... Yeah. I kind of feel that way right now in general about most of their stuff. It's bumming me out. I, I've had a... When I saw it making the news article rounds, I was like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, there's a reason that thing made it on Game Pass because they need 
I think they're going to have a hard time selling it without some kind of free exposure or perceived right. free exposure because who cares right now? Well, we'll allow some shovelware in our Game Pass, but if it becomes a home for all shovelware, then that'll devalue the Game Pass. Is, is Extraction the one with zombie or monsters? Like, it's, it's like the one a, where it's not just people, right? Right, like, but it's not zombies or monsters. It's like a virus that turns people into aliens or something. More alien. <laughs> Like an alien virus? That's dumb. Okay. I think there's this niche audience that likes Call of Duty zombies, right? They like military shooter with generic yeah. movie trope yeah. <laughs> in their games. <laughs> I think that's the crowd that it appeals to. Yeah, I think like, you're yeah. probably right. The thing, too, is that... Um, the, oh, it's, it is Rainbow Six, it says here. I found it. It's Rainbow Six, not uh, Ghost Recon. I guess Re- Ghost I mean- Recon is the other one. <laughs> I stand by my take on this, which was the big complaint I always have about Tom Clancy games is I don't like games where you just fight other dudes all the time because it always it, it just kind of ruins itself for me. It's like, I'm just going to sit here and shoot dudes and then you're going to come up with some stupid reason why this dude takes eight shots to kill instead of another dude. Like, yeah. I just I hate it so much. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time. Dude logic. <laughs> at, at the same time, like that's what Tom Clancy is. Why are we changing it into something that I would particularly like? Like that you're not gonna win me over by putting aliens in your Tom Clancy game, but you might lose all the people that were like, but I like shooting dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they do run that risk anytime they try to put supernatural stuff in their games. And if they do it in a fun jokey way, like the the two recent Ghost Recon games, you could fight a predator in Wildlands. And that was fun because it was rare and it was like a weird Easter egg. And when you ran into it, it was like super cool to even deal with it. But it was never meant to be like, oh, here's a really important part of the lore of this game. It was just like, what a weird Easter egg in this game. And I'm going to go play through it and get the cool gear from it. And then I'm done. Same thing with uh, the newer one whose name I can never remember. Ghost Recon Blacklisted. Ghost Recon Drones. Broken Sky. I don't know what it the is. Punisher. Punisher. It's basically Ear- Earlobe McGee in the Punisher.com. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, that's oh, going to bug me. Uh, had some of that too. There's, ter- there's a whole Terminator DLC in there and it's fine, but it's not the main focus of the game. I don't mind when they do that, but when they do, when the game is, uh oh, aliens, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh. <laughs> Because the game See, has if such they a serious... called it Tom Clancy's Uh Oh Aliens, <laughs> I, I might be in. That's a really that's actually that's a really good title. Me. That's a good yeah. for whatever Tom, it is. Tom Clancy's Uh Oh Aliens. Uh Oh Aliens. Or Hideo Kojima. Well, ever since Uh-oh he's Aliens. been dead, ever since Tom Clancy left this mortal space, he hasn't written any of this. So I don't know if he'd be happy to hear that <laughs> that his beloved, you know. Rainbow Six stuff is like super serious book series, like really serious. Only if you devote eight to ten pages to describing the mechanics of the alien craft and how it works. <laughs> then he's fine with it. Yeah. I've read one Tom Clancy novel, but I don't remember any of it. What was it? Do you remember? I don't even remember the book. I just know I, I just know I read a Tom Clancy book at some point. Oh man. Probably I inspired know. back in the day when the you know, by playing one of those early Tom Clancy games and thinking I read a lot of Michael Crichton, and I, I suppose, and I'd run out of Michael Crichton to read at that time, I remember. So mm-hmm. I tried Tom Clancy. I don't yeah. know why. Just to, but yeah, I don't remember the book at all. He's all right. I Those tried Jack- to read Rainbow Six. Yeah, how'd that go for you? Uh, not enough Ding Chavez. <laughs> 
Isn't that your problem with everything, though, in life? <laughs> yep. Not enough Ding Chavez. Yeah. Uh, they uh, the one only the one and only one I ever read was Clear and Present Danger, and I thought it was good, but I didn't. I wasn't drawn to like. Oh, now I got to read every Tom Clancy book. But I had a friend, friend, a guy I worked for, who owes me eighty nine thousand dollars. By the way, and will never pay me because he's a freaking oh no rip off artist. But at the time, he had this giant in his office, a giant shelf full of Tom Clancy books, in some cases, duplicates of the same book. I don't know why, but he was so into Tom Clancy and so into all of that stuff. $89,000 to spend. So why not? get? Yeah. Why not buy some Tom Clancy books with the money you never paid me for? I mean, that was all before that, but anyway, not to dig up old dirt, but he was so into it. And he used to, I mean, he treated that stuff like Bibles, like everything in him was like, uh, my whole life is sometimes you, you do get carried away with something you like. Like I know, I have five copies of the book on directing film by David Mamet, just because that was a life changing book. That's pretty cool. And one of them was falling apart, but I don't remember why I bought copies three and four and five. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, I'm that way with I had, uh, Watchmen I have comics. I've signed by him too. And like, I have him signed the original one that I Oh, that's had. really cool. Actually. Anyone. It's yeah. probably somewhere around here. That's awesome. I have that with Watchmen comics. I've bought it like four or five times and I don't know why. Cause they're all tape the, fine I had to tape the front. I have it nearby. Yeah. I think it's the one he's... Oh, yeah, he signed a bunch of my stuff, so it's just a dinky little signature in this one. David Mamet, though. That's yeah. cool. I'm in. Yeah, that guy, uh, d- he's got the whole uh, Sales Guys movie. What's that called? Glenn Gary Glenn, Glenn Ross. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. It's, it's way better than Sales Guys movie. I saw that, that performed live in the theater. Yeah? Awesome. yeah Any great. famous uh, actors on stage? No, no, it was Ottawa actors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They would not call any of them famous, <laughs> no. but their performances were excellent. Nobody in Ottawa is famous? Or Ottawa is... Uh, well, I mean, we've got it. our Tom Cruise and Norm MacDonald claims, but none of them stay here and yeah. live here. I've seen Stickler once uh, at a Starbucks. Stickler? A lot of people, a lot of films and shit get f- filmed here, and this used to be a hotbed for animation. Yeah. Because my sister is actually taking animation in college right now because she wants to get in. That's what she wants to do for work. So she's trying That's to cool. break into the Ottawa animation scene. There's a lot yeah. of Disney stuff gets done here, for example. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And a lot of voice acting, coincidentally. Uh, a lot of cartoon voice acting. So wait a minute. Can you... Um, I'm not in the scene, so I can't really say too much. Who's Stickler? A workshop. You mentioned Stickler. Uh, who's that? From American Pie, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, Stifler. Uh, All right. Oh, Stifler. Yeah. Oh, they call him Stickler. <laughs> they call him Stickler. Like, wait, that famous actor Stickler. Yeah, old Stickler. Boy, My howdy. Mike and I were playing backgammon, <laughs> and we saw Stickler. What? The backgammon part. Uh, uh, my friend Mike's a bit of a luddite, so he's like, "Let's play backgammon," and I'm like, "Okay," and we played backgammon because you know. Is it fun? I don't. I don't because. know that I've ever played a game of backgammon ever in my life. What's important about games sometimes is that you spend time with with the ones you love. <laughs> that was very <laughs> diplomatic. Wow. Yeah, I like that. I, it's I'm, all right. I'm it's sure it's right. a fine game. It's been around forever. It must be good. Game. Yeah. It's a fine game. I like chess. I play chess here and there. I'm not great, but I'm okay. I like chess. It, it, it created my love of turn-based uh, strategy, except that I trained on a board my brother made in high school, and it had one extra row, and it wasn't supposed to. That effed me up yeah. my whole life. So nice job, Matt. Uh, let's move on to this story. Hey, China's crackdown on gaming has put 14,000 companies out of business. That's a lot. And honestly, this is why you're seeing a whole lot of, I don't know, I can't speak for everybody, but personally, 
the ads I'm getting fed on social media, uh, various types and sources and stuff, a lot of Chinese stuff showing up there more than usual. I know there's always been, but a lot of Chinese games popping because some of these companies are like, we're getting shut down in our own country. We need to get these games out in other markets in the UK and here and other Western uh, places, Korea uh, in Asia and Singapore and that sort of thing. And so there's a real push for it because the government has cracked down so hard on what it means to be making games, getting those games approved. They've frozen approvals. So like you can't even get a game approved in China right now. And it's really hosed a lot of people, including 14,000 companies out of business. We have any thoughts on this feelings, comments? First of all, 14,000 is, seems like a lot of gaming. Like like that, my initial reaction is like 14,000. That means like if they release like a game, if they all release a game, that's 14,000 games. I'm like, they must all be, most of them must be mobile games and stuff. Like, well, I'm just like, I'm going to do the math. Like, if we, there are like a billion, imagine there was a yeah. year where 14,000 games of the quality of Resident Evil Village were released. You're just like, <laughs> you know, like it's insane, right? Yeah. Like, one yeah. billion. So, okay. Look at this math 14,000 as a percentage of one billion. I, I'm having to have this do it for me. Okay. How much is, no, let's see, what percentage of one, <laughs> how many zeros are in a billion? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hold on. I nine, haven't gotten past the nine. premise. Why are you trying to figure this out? I'm trying to figure out how many. If fourteen thousand seems like a lot, then how many? <clears throat> how many companies is it per capita? In other words, I think it's just fourteen thousand seems like a lot, but I think it's because the country has a billion people in it, and so oh, everything okay. scales up. We have four hundred million sure. here. We th- this might be two hundred companies here or something, three hundred companies, something like that. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I, I, it's it's just a mind blowing number. I'm not here to say it's wrong or anything. I just it's I'm like there are fourteen thousand gaming companies. Like I part of me just thinks it's kind of like indie developers too. I'm guessing like two man teams or whatever because that's a, that's I mean that's a lot. Unless oh, including is- gaming companies um, is beyond just video game companies. So I think they have a lot of um, cafes and stuff there. Mm-hmm. As opposed to here, yeah. So I imagine those businesses are probably hurting as well. Anywhere we go to play, uh, play um, outside. Although I guess the pandemic's probably already put the hurt on those places. Yeah, that's true. So I did the math. I'm a, I'm an idiot. Of course, this is this should have been easy in your own head because it's all divisive by ten. But it's zero point zero zero one four percent. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I know it's probably it's probably not a lot. It's just it's like when you try to wrap your whole head around fourteen thousand different gaming products. Let's say you know it's, it's a, lot. Like, oh, yeah. a lot. it's a lot. In, I mean, a, making probably games I haven't played. It's probably <laughs> like, a lot know, of shovelware and garbage. To be honest, I don't know because it just seems like a I mean lot. Chinese mobile like they probably probably have their own Chinese mobile gaming market. You know, and mobile notoriously has tons and tons of shovelware in addition to quality games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's probably, it's just, it's a big number. I'm like, it's crazy. 14,000 gaming companies. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of those are going, um, under, I guess. Yeah, they're done. They're out. Um, at least for now. So we'll see if that means anything for us, but my guess is it's an influx of trying to find other markets that will approve your games. And then the com- the country still has to approve any companies that want to operate over there. So if they, I don't know what any of this means for that. Like it's, it's weird how that's entangled in government there, but uh, there's that. Hey, E3 2022 will be online only again due to t- the pandemic. How's that feel? 
You guys, uh, you know, it feels like we're just continuing to live in this nightmare we can't get out of, despite seeming to have a pretty clear roadmap on what would need to be done to do that. Yeah, I hate I hate the quote, but that epidemiologist that once I don't remember his name that once said, "At any given point in time, we are two weeks away from eradication, but humans we're too there's too many of us. Nobody's gonna not everyone. If we all complied for two weeks, everybody." Across the planet, no more virus. Gone. Completely gone. Even those that have it, it'll be out of the system by them and they'll be isolated from everyone. You'd be done and we'd be past this and we never have to deal with that thing again. I mean, maybe he's not right in some scientific way. I don't know. But the point is, like, we'll never do that. Humanity's too hard at scale. We can't handle ourselves. Everybody's the main character in their own story. And that trip to McDonald's is the most important thing for our <laughs> protagonist to do. Yep. that's You just said it. That's exactly right. We were talking if about I didn't st- spend any of my money, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, you would. And the whole world's about you. And, and that's what everyone thinks. And because they all think that, no way this ever happens. So as a result, uh, E3 online only. Uh, personally fine with it. I never go to the event, but I do like covering it. And I liked what they did last year. I actually quite liked it. Um, and that had some attendance, right? Didn't they do some stuff last year? Like some kind of limited. I don't remember. Hoo-ha. I thought. I don't remember now. I think we I no, remember. I thought we it watched was... the PC Gamer show. There was a PC Gamer show. Remember that? Uh, <laughs> fine oh, yeah. I got out of it last year. And, that was nice. Yeah. Marketing. Who watched that? Me and Bo watched it, I think. It was, yeah, you, you and, and I, Bo did the PC Gaming it. show. And um, <laughs> uh, Burton Jr. was uh, the other co-host. Right. I forget it. Oh, first and that was, the, that was the E3. That's the E3 where I got my Twitch uh, D, uh, DMCA strike takedown thing and i had to i had to fight to get it out to get it expunged and i did i don't have it anymore but it was because of that show there was some music oh no that was an apple event sorry take it back apple event had some music in it that got me in trouble anyway it's all good now it's all water under the bridge um yeah there was one and i i think i mean for most of us we were experiencing it through youtube videos anyways so yeah yeah fine but it's fine with me it was okay it just felt a little unstructured because that I think last year was the year where everybody opted out and they all opted to do their own things vaguely around E3. So it was like instead of where it's typically like, OK, what are we covering over the next three days? It was like, OK, here's a Microsoft event. Then a couple of days went by. OK, now there's a Nintendo thing to talk about. And then a day went by and then it's like, here's the PC gaming show and ubisoft and then it was like okay well this feels a little like e3 it just felt a little all over the place and there was no sony at all if i recall right they were yeah sony was gone they were just gone they didn't do anything at all they did something later or earlier i don't remember which there was a a state of play thing or something but they yeah that was a weird Uh, so i hope this is less weird hope this is a little bit more cohesive or whatever we'll still plan on you know full coverage and all that but um yeah who knows uh, so there's that. Hey, one final uh, final note here. Who doesn't want to stick their hand in a mysterious box and feel the pain that comes through your arm dune style? Well, good news. Uh, <laughs> freaking who makes this? I forgot now. Uh, it's the same. There's a gamer bed. I don't remember who made the gamer bed. Um, um, That's a great article. I can't find uh, Japanese it. company Bohut. Oh, there it is. Bohut <laughs> hand massager. Yep, this is it. Yeah. So I like this idea, except this person is using the wrong hand. It should be your left hand, like your mouse hand, right? What are you doing? Well, I suppose Wait, it's whatever hand who feels uses cramped. The, 
left hand on the mouse. Left-handed people? Like, come on, guys. It doesn't matter what (laughs) I guess it'll take whatever hand you got to put in there. Well, okay, but Scott, you're not left-handed, right? No, what I meant was right. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, why is Scott using his left hand on his mouse? No, I looked at the picture and went, wait, why is it on the left side? And my brain went left hand. But yeah, he's my, I guess what I'm saying is if it's for your left hand and you're right-handed, that seems weird because that's not the hand that gets all the the wear and tear. No, it's your mouse my, hand. I'm right-handed. My cramping hand is the left hand. It's the keyboard hand, not the really? mouse hand. Really? Mouse hand, mouse hand, great. Mouse hand's full of action, limber, real good. Are you, you like know, one of those? In Heroes of the Storm, a few games, <laughs> and left hand's going like, yikes, man. <laughs> Repetitive motion injuries. That's actually probably true for uh, APM-based games like that and StarCraft, that sort of thing. You're probably yeah, just... like I feel the left hand, the keyboard hand is the one that gets pretty cramped because of this l- it just depends how you set things up wow. and also your personal body, the way it's made up. Maybe, maybe someone's left hand is super great and the right hand's like, Oh, mousy. how never really had bad hand cramps from playing games, except for Diablo. It's the one mm. exception where I have marathoned too much of that. And then I just get to this place where I'm like, what's wrong with my hand? Why doesn't it work right anymore? And it, it hurts for days. Yeah. <clears throat> I had some Diablo three, especially after Reaper of souls came out. I had some days at work where I was like, I have to call in sick because my <laughs> hand hurts. Yeah. Like it was the worst pain I'd ever felt in my life in my hand. Yeah. That's the exaggeration, but it was bad. It was really, really bad. Yeah. It just throbbed all the time. And I was like, why is this? Mm. I only played Diablo three for the past 12 hours. What's going on? Yeah. How could this be with all that repetitive play? I mean, for me, I actually being a, a bit of a variety gamer and playing on lots of different devices and controllers and then mouse and keyboard and then back and forth and switch and everything. I think that's benefited me in recent years because in my twenties, my hands were killing me and it's because I played quake or unreal constantly. That's all I wanted to do was play you know, Unreal Tournament for hours and hours and hours. And my WASD hand and my mouse hand were killing me all the time. I had to wear braces. I had a little vibrator thing you put in your hand, just like hold really tight and it makes your joints hurt, but it helps. Uh, this is for them. I got a few that's, of those too. That's, that's what this is for. This is for you putting your hand in there. And then the Bene Jesuit lady will tell you to recite a bunch of shit and don't and, and not pull your hand Jesuit? out. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Dune again. It Maybe, reminds oh. me. Of, it reminds me of the Dune box. Look at it. It's like stick your uh, hand in there. And, well, it doesn't help that the article put a big old picture of the Dune box literally as the header image. They'd rather show you the Dune box joke than the actual <laughs> hand massager. Yeah, they even said if less you pain. Seen Dune, you wouldn't get it. They even have a less pain young Atreides as the subtitle there. I mean, whatever. I love Dune, so I have no problem with it. But anyway, we'll see. It's only a matter of time before somebody jams their man wiener in there. That's the part that I don't care for. I, I mean, don't care a for wiener, it. A man wiener gets jammed into everything. Think of a thing, and a man wiener has been jammed into it. That's, <sighs> it's probably true. Do you That's think anyone's ever jammed? Like nobody true. thinks about it. Okay. Just think of anything. Let Jam me test it. Let yep. me test it. Do you think anybody's ever put uh, their wiener in a... A roll of toilet paper, the the roll part. Yes, yes. absolutely. Really? My gosh, you started so like softball. I'm like hornet's nest, <laughs> bottle of glass, barbed wire. You're like 
in the tube that's right next to the toilet where your pants are down already anyway? <laughs> really? Oh, well, don't don't shame Scott. <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel shame that much. I don't feel okay. shamed. I guess I'm surprised that is that a common thing and I'm just that dumb and naive. I don't know if it's common, but I mean, I thought we were going to start googling has anybody ever put their I mean, wiener in weird it's places? The premise. That's so basic. I don't think we can even google it cuz it wouldn't make the news feeds. Okay. It's the premise of the American classic film American Pie starring Stickler Stickler <laughs> Stickler yeah Stickler and, and Stickler's mom of that movie that's you know it's yeah. the deus ex machina moment or alright I'm gonna search for this uh, begrudgingly because I just need to know here no, we go don't really spare yourself man seven weird places sorry re- seven really weird things men do with their units here let's see what we got putting it in things it says okay <laughs> Oh, they just they cut that whole category off. Yeah. Uh is that seven or number one? That's number one. Number two is nicknames right, because why not? Uh three is helicoptering. I don't know what that is. That's oh, oh it's in the Lonely Island song. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Now I know what it is. I get it now. Uh manage you get more closely than their four oh one K. I don't know what that means. Um Oh, I don't want to read that next one. Hold on. Okay, measuring it to this list. This this one I didn't read. Drip management. What? Oh yeah, what is that? Is that like how many times you shake? Because there's like that old saying, like if you shake it more than twice, you're just playing with it. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that before. Yes, that's probably what they mean. Make sure to shake it, you know, because. we all know what happens when you don't shake and you get a little spot in your pants and you got to walk around trying to block eyesight all, all day. You got a little pee spot in your pants. This one says, seeing what objects you can hold and or balance, it makes a natural dish towel rack. All right. What the frick? This is so dumb. Yeah, I can't say people, I've done that one. People are weird. I have weird. not used it as a dish towel rack. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. I think they, they're bloating this article. I've never been it. nude, aroused, and going, where am I going to put this dish towel? <laughs> <laughs> it needs but to go maybe it, somewhere. There's eight million people on Earth. Maybe one person had that experience, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see and what that happens. was the point. Is that just name anything, and there's uh, someone stuck that a know, wiener has right. been in it, is what you're saying. Great. Let's find out if it's been in this email. That's a good question. I got a quick early email to read. <laughs> <That was crazy. laughs> There's an early email in the show. I'm going to start spreading these around so we make sure to get to them. Notto wrote in. This is before we do our, we're going to do Dear Martha and our games this week and all that. Don't think we're leaving everybody. It's just different timing. Happy New Year, Scott, uh, Bo, and John. Thanks. Tavern Master is Zen Crack. I finally downloaded it on sale on January 2nd after your end of year episode where Scott praised it again. I played it for six hours straight. I have completed a second floor with rental rooms during my first session. Finally, I found something as relaxing and engaging as Animal Crossing, which I have not been able to play since or play since surrendering the rights to my island to my wife, who became rather addicted to the game last year after a lifetime of playing zero video games. All right, enough chit chat. I got to start planning my third story. Uh, yours in this life and the next, Nato. Uh, yeah, the Tavern Master rocks, man. That game, I beat it. I, I, I told you guys I that. I bought it. Oh, you I did? I played it yet, but I bought it. Oh, you should totally play it. He just did a really I cool a update, too. I did a big Steam purchase uh, while the sale was on of a bunch of games, and that was one of them. Nicely done. Yeah, I pff, I have nothing bad to say about it. was your cart from last week. You finally pulled the trigger. <laughs> yeah, I had to delete like uh, 15 games from it before I did, but yes, I did. All right. Well, he's now living the dream along with the rest of us. Talk to the core gmail.com is where that came from. 
Now everyone sit back and enjoy one of our dear Martha Steam reviews. This is a review for YouTubers Life 2. I avoid these games like they're kryptonite. Um, so I'm excited to read this review because it's as close as I'll actually get to ever playing one of these YouTuber Life games. So here you go. YouTuber uh, Life 2. YouTubers Life 2 review from Steam. Enjoy. My dearest Martha, I present to you now my review for YouTubers Life 2. Martha, you can be a YouTuber in real life for free. Why pay $30? Yours in this life and the next, uh, Drippy. Wait, the name isn't really Drippy, is it? It's it's a Drippy. A Drippy. Mom Clancy's a Drippy. A Drippy. Yeah, because like uh, drip management. We were just talking about that. That's You know what? That was short, succinct, and to the point, and absolutely true. Why spend 30 bucks on that? Go make a YouTube channel. Lame. I know I'm short short, uh, short sleeving it. What's the word? Short. Short shrifting shrifting. it? Short shrift? Short shrifting yeah. it. Short changing. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a wonderful little tycoon game. I don't know. But I can't play it because it's it's riding on this dumb I, I hate that idea. Daniel J. Newman in the chat says, all three of you have expensive streaming gear. It's not free. It's true. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> not, you're not wrong. We you do can now start it for free. Yeah, you could. Yes. But, but I, I don't know how expensive. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know. $80 webcam, $80 microphone. You're yeah. done. Yeah. You're done. I mean, suddenly you're, you're, I don't really make, I don't produce high quality YouTube videos. <laughs> you know, <laughs> quick little microphone purchase and your, your Markiplier or whoever's popular now. Who's the big one? I don't know. It's not easy to come up with YouTube videos. Like you do have to understand how to use the software to make editing. Like, you're probably not sitting there going like, I want to make the world's shittiest YouTube videos. You probably think, I want to make videos you like got, PewDiePie. Yeah. You got passion. You got drive. You're like, I'm going to edit this thing so that I can get a bunch of money and afford an editor. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But the broadcast, you know, you can't just. Anyways, whatever. Let's not get into here's it. The, <laughs> here's the thing. Go do it if you want to, I guess. I don't know. It's a weird time to enter the YouTube fray. If you're trying to make a hot splash right now, I don't know how you do it. It's so saturated. It's just really hard to do. Step one, hate everything. <clears throat> hate everything. And also, oh, you got to practice. Look in the mirror and go, make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure mm. to like and subscribe. Say it over and over until Candyman shows up and shoots bees out of his mouth. All right. <laughs> it's your boy. It's your boy. Oh, yeah. Do that, too. It's your, it's your boy. boy. Yeah. What up? What up, everyone? It's your boy. Ugh. It's making me kind of sick saying it. All right, here we go. Let's move on to what we played this week, because why not? I played Loop Hero like crazy because we talked about it last week, and I was reminded how much I love Loop Hero, and I decided it was time to dust off Loop Hero after playing it obsessively last year for a big chunk of time and then letting it idle for a long time. I am now back in on Loop Hero, and I love that game. That game is so good. It's so good. And I want, you know, part of it was me going, all right, Scott, you're about to give this your game of the year, like the game that you played the most and felt the strongest about. Are you sure about that? Are you sure that was the right choice? 100%. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I love Loop Hero. I can't get enough of it. I'm tempted to get the Switch version just so I can have it with me wherever I go. Um, I don't know if I will or not, but it sucked me way back in. I've been playing it a little window during phone calls that are boring. I've had a couple of calls this week that were terrible. <laughs> 
So I played I that. Talk about that public. Oh, I don't. They're not going to listen. Your, your business partners are like a terrible. No, these are like these people I talk to are people. they were like ad people and like people that don't actually listen to podcasts. They're just like, okay, they don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. In fact, I sat through a really long call with a, with a relative whose name I will not mention because some of my relatives listen and they'll tell this person. But they were so long-winded. I got through like I think a whole warrior run, maybe a. I don't remember what I did. Maybe the necromancer. I don't remember. You don't think they'll figure it out from that? You don't think there's someone in your family with a reputation for being long-winded, and they'll go, "Hmm." Uh, it's I a fair point. Yeah. About. Maybe. Maybe if I. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. And it's okay. It's fine. They want to rip but me. It's, the fine. Next, it's You know yeah. what? If you're going to talk to somebody for a long period of time and you demand that they can't doodle or play a little game or something like yeah. you're a fascist, you know? So like, <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I mean, if it's a five minute conversation, if it's something important, fair enough. Yeah. But like, if you're on the phone with somebody and they're doodling or whatever, you it's know, fine. Right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I agree. We're just, we're, I'm just, I just like, I just like, I was on this boring call. It was super you know? boring. I will admit that. Um, Look, but it's as great. somebody who can be incredibly long winded, you have to own it. You have to understand <laughs> that it's a thing and you have to accept that some people are just not made for it. I don't think you're long winded. I think it's just, I just think you're articulate. I think you like to, uh, what you want to say, you want to say it so that everyone gets exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but we'll get to that, how well that works out for me in our last email. Oh, good. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, I also played, so this is, you know, Devolver Digital uh, published Loop Hero, and I came to this conclusion this week that I don't think they've ever had a poorly reviewed game. I went back and looked at their entire catalog over the years. Devolver's never had a game that had anything worse than a very positive review, and a bunch of them are all at overwhelming on Steam and are just considered, you know, amazing games. And Loop Hero is one of those. I think that's kind of remarkable for a publisher. Um, they really know how to tie their wagon to like cool projects. And, and even if they're small and semi unheard of, they're, they're really good quality things. So that got me in the mood to play a brand new game that hit game pass over the week called Olija. 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 I don't know. Olga? How would you say it? O L I G A A. How would you say that? Uh, Olija. I'm not sure. I mean, but it depends on like what we're saying here. But if it's Eastern European, like I'm guessing, the J's are jizz. J- jizz? Like my 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 brother is Jacob. Oh, Jacob. Jacob. My Hungarian grandmother would call him Jacob. Jacob. I don't Jacob. think we're gonna be able to get away with calling this episode. Jacob. J's or jizz. J's or jizz. <laughs> right in Eastern European, it's not jizz; it's yiz. Yiz. <laughs> Please don't yiz on me. <laughs> Sorry, Eastern European people, but that's funny. That's freaking funny. Well, I mean, I'm Eastern European. I can talk shit about them. Yeah, right? why not? Or I have that ancestry. It's fine. Uh, and it's not even talking shit. That's literally how they pronounce J's. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just it's they language. Say don't yiz on me. Oh, I get it. Um, We're anyway. not talking anything vulgar, anybody that's upset. We're talking about the well-known Star Wars jazz music known as Yiz. Yeah, Yiz. Uh, in Eastern European Tatooine. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I guess your kid's listening, John. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They know Star Wars. They'll be fine. Anyway, Olja, or however you say it, is uh, kind of a... I don't, know how, what, I don't know how to describe this game, except it's a side-scrolling, oh, yeah. pixelated... Um, Kind of, 
you know, I don't know if it's going to make any sense. I like to think of this kind of game as punk pixels, and I'm just going to sound weird, but there's a certain attitude to pixel use in some games. And examples of this would be like, what was the one where you got a little sword and you're fighting each other? Um, oh, Neat I know Hog? what you're talking about. Yeah. Need hog. Yeah. Need hog. Yeah, it's just, it's very it. like rebellious style, like a real, ah, look at this. They're just pixels and they're messy and rah, like there's something aggressive about it. It's hard for me to explain. Huh. I don't know if this is even a thing, but to me, I see it and I go, oh, that's like, you know, that's like pixel punk is what I would call that. Um, anyway, pixel this, punk. this wow. is a bit like that. This is a, a very cool, um, that Katana Zero game is a lot like this. There's another one, and I think that's also Devolver Digital. But anyway, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I, I played a game like that. We didn't talk about it in core, but I played a bit of that Narita Boy. Oh yeah, Xbox. it's kind of like that too. It's just like nuts with mm-hmm. pixels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. I mean, do you think that's a? That's a. I mean, I'm not that I'm trying to coin anything. I like anything, pixel but punk. I like the pixel punk. Punk is cool. I I kind of think of it. Yeah, as like dirty pixels. Like it's. It's not a lot of people do this really beautiful pixel art mm-hmm. and this is like functional pixel art. Yeah, I think that's boring sounding. So calling it pixel punk is cool. Yeah, also the pixels are all over the place. Oh, they're all over the place. It's like a really gnarly look. Um, the language that the characters speak when they're talking is really weird and, and guttural and very cool. I, I, the, the atmosphere they set up is really neat. But again, the pixel, the pixels are very general this isn't real tight little detailed pixels like big fat ones not not i'm not talking like atari 2600 level but like just big fluid chunky chunk moving around right like the backgrounds are more if you look at the backgrounds and the videos for this that's more what you expect a modern pixel game to look like but the foregrounds are just the more blocky who cares if an arm looks like just a broken staircase just go with it yeah it's fine yeah and there's a fluidity to it and a speed to it that you couldn't have done back in the day when these when this was your limitation, right? So it's clearly like an it's an artistic use of the aesthetic, and I think it's a really strong one. Um, really like it so far. It's got some Metroidvania qualities to it, although it's a little bit less. It's not about just like hardcore difficulty or any of that. Um, it's more like we need to get to the next map space, and then let's kill these dudes on our way, and then. I don't know. It's hard to explain why I like it. Um, I kind of getting also the screen, the way the screens move. It's a little like um, out of this world and flashback. Remember those? Yeah. Bit like that because it doesn't keep scrolling. You're you're going from one one side to the other, and then you're in a new place, and you can go back the other way if you want. Uh, everything's kind of told, you know, screen to screen, which I I'm a big fan of that. There's something about it I like. But anyway, it's a uh, very adventurous. A lot of stabbing and killing and fighting. And, uh, you know, bloody looking pixel limbs flying every direction and kind of a cool story going on. I hear it's short, uh, but it's not too expensive on on platforms and stuff. Like I said, it's on Game Pass for free. Uh, I really like it so far. It's cool. It's neat. I'm not far enough to really give it a full review, but uh, it just is one of those games those guys make. They just they put out these weird, you know, I don't know, these these devolver digital vibe games and it's difficult to describe why i like it but i i think it's really neat uh and worth checking out really cool sound effects too by the way that's the other thing i like is the sound work and they create a lot of just dramatic moments with camera movement and like weird cuts and uh just very odd scenery it's just really really cool i like it a lot so anyway go check it out 
It's O L I J A, however the hell that's pronounced. I have no freaking idea. <laughs> uh, and available on Game Pass, Steam, consoles, wherever you want to get your games. Uh, and then finally, um, it wasn't a huge week for gaming, as you can see. Played a lot of very casual fare. Just didn't have time. There was a lot going on. But um, I did have some nightly rounds of Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon whenever mm-hmm. I could on my Switch. I still think that game is, well, I think it's the best puzzle game of last year. Easy. Um, it's just great it's for, uh, yeah, just for a quick, and it came, it came out late in the year too, but. I mean, no, the 13th of December. It's yeah. But it's a very, it's just such a great little, oh, I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to play it game and here i am playing it oh that was fun good night like that kind of thing and i always like having something like that at the ready and that game's definitely scratching cool. that particular itch so, my radar to give it a try yeah it's really good um let's talk to john about his gaming i'll bet there's some final fantasy gaming going on probably what's going on oh yeah yeah i mean the, the usual i'm still playing 14 but having now beaten the story it has freed up time to play other things which i did um, the first is, I'll, I will mention as a bit of a plug, but I did play it, uh, Final Fantasy V. I'm back to streaming that. It's been uh, weeks and weeks, maybe months since I played it, um, and really digging the pixel remaster of that as I gear up for the release of the Final Fantasy VI pixel remaster in February. Um, so I'm really enjoying getting back into that. But I did play some new stuff this week. Mm. And the first thing I played was a game called Dungeon Encounters. Oh, tell me and more. This game is uh, kind of cool, kind of weird. And I don't know where I ultimately land on it as a result. It is kind of like a, a turn-based RPG dungeon crawler, like brought down to its most bare bones level in a lot of ways. Everything about it is just like function. Oh, the this is the square is thing. Just, square Enix yeah. thing? Okay. I heard yeah, about this. The right. map is just a grid. Yeah. And you're just exploring it. And you don't see monsters on it. You just go to squares and there's monsters. And then you go to a fight screen and you fight the monsters. And they're not animated particularly well. And it's mostly, you know, text and what basically is essentially almost like a pen and paper type design aesthetic to it. I really kind of dig the look and I got weirdly hooked by the gameplay loop of exploring these dungeons, even though they're just these like grid maps. Um, But the tutorial for it is not very good. You're actually showing it up on screen. The tutorial is basically like when you go to do something, a box comes up with like almost comic book panels just going, this does this, this does this. And then you click next and it goes, this does this. And it's sort of like, figure it out yourself, I guess. And I I didn't have a lot of patience to try to figure it out myself. So I had my entire play session, I was just full of questions. I Like, I didn't ever buy anything from a shop. And I didn't really, my party wasn't really even getting hurt. I was doing just fine. And I didn't really understand, okay, there doesn't seem to be classes in this game. But, you know, there's different spells you can get, and different weapons you can get. And it has all the systems of like a role playing game very deep, but it doesn't explain many of them and it presents them in just the most bare bones kind of way imaginable. I was having fun, but there was also this part of me that's like, it wasn't what I expected because I was kind of hoping that sort of like when we talked about Wildermyth, the bare bones aesthetic, the, the simplistic look that, you know, kind of drove a lot of us away. Mm-hmm 
allowed them to do some really cool things. And I thought maybe this would be in that same boat where, you know, maybe this really simple basic look means they're going to be able to do some really crazy things with the story or with traps or with, you know, what you're doing in this space. And at least with what I've played so far, this could radically change. I haven't seen any of that. It's just been, you know, like the mechanics of a JRPG with everything else stripped out um, yeah. in a they, lot of ways. Cause they literally are like, it almost feels like prototype. Like we're making a new uh, JRPG. Here's the prototype that is just this basic function, but we got to work out uh, mechanics and story on a real basic level first before we then go in and make it a big graphical thing. And it's almost like, no, that's all it is. It's just here it is. It's just this grid. It's boiled down to its basic mechanics I've heard people really like this thing is what I've heard. I, I've heard the same thing. And that's why I, there is a part of me that, you know, I'm kind of speculating that maybe there's more here that I just haven't gotten far enough in to fully appreciate because, uh, you know, I, I went down several floors, explored maps a hundred percent, but I didn't put a ton of time into. It's definitely something that I'm going to, uh, you know, return to and, and check out again. But it's just definitely a little, at least what I've played so far, it, it's a little bit of a letdown because it's a little simplistic. Mm. But uh, that again, that could change. Um, and I have also seen really good things about it. So um, the, the combat system is pretty cool. Um, there's this whole mechanic of you have a physical defense and a magical defense. Those numbers can vary. So you kind of have to strategize what are you going to attack because you have to break their defense before you can actually damage them themselves. And that's kind of where the strategy starts to come in. You got your your party of characters and they get a little wild with that because there's really not a lot to like model or do with them because they're mostly just portraits besides your 3D character walking around in the environment uh, for the map. But uh, it's intriguing. I, I think it's worth people checking out if this seems like the kind of thing you'd be into, but it's a little hard for me to fully recommend because I don't know how deep it goes yet. Mm. Yeah, there's something about the rawness of it I like, but Bo, what do you think of this thing? It's pretty it weird. It just seems a little pricey for what it is. The forty dollars it's four dollars yeah. forty dollars Canadian. I mean that's kind of where I was at. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm seeing very stripped like stripped down is fine. It's like portraits and no details on the map, but I get that it's sort of a puzzle JRPG sim you know, sim, like the, it could still be really fun. You know, like Lupiro looks like sh- shite and it's actually amazing. Yeah. Good point. And so this I, it has a lot of stuff I like. It's a roguelike, it's dungeon crawling, it's fighting. It seems to have some st- strategic layer, at least in the trailer. I, I remember hearing about this when it was first releasing and being interested. But uh, the forty dollar price tag, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like a, the right price point for this game. Yeah, it seems a little high to me as well. Um, but I like the idea of it. And maybe, hey, you don't even know. Maybe this is squaring. Maybe you're mining NFTs here, and you just haven't been told. You just don't know, John. That's maybe. what this is. Um, so I, I guess I, I will try and clarify things I'm seeing in the chat. Wildermyth is pretty stripped down, and it isn't it uh, thirty five to forty dollars, right? Yes, but. What I'm trying to say is that Wildermyth had this hidden depth that right. I haven't seen out of Dungeon Encounters yet. Yeah. So Wildermyth, I went, oh, it's kind of ugly. It kind of looks stripped down. But then they add all these random events and these elements of like, oh, you found this thing. 
that now is going to permanently change your character in some crazy way in a in a random happening that occurred during the game. And it's like, oh, that's really neat. And that's kind of what I expected here is I, I assumed that the, you know, bare bones aesthetic would let them go really crazy with that stuff. But so far, every single floor that I've done so far has just been explore the floor. You'll find uh, a healing fountain, a resurrection fountain, stairs to go down a level, stairs to go up a level, and you'll find uh, monsters to fight. And that's been every single floor so far. So there hasn't been a ton of really interesting things as I'm exploring this. And I, I saw the numbers and was like, oh, maybe there's going to be maybe there's going to be more to it. And you do get some abilities like you get the ability to see um, monsters. You get the ability to run from battles like there is some stuff in there. But I, I think I expected more of what Wildermyth brought with its minimalist aesthetic than what I got with this. So, uh, again, I'm talking about the first couple floors of the game. So that is by no means me knowing a ton about it. That's been my experience. I have a theory. I have a theory that might be super dumb, but I'll say it. Okay. This might be what I get out of uh, Tavern Master, but for RPGs. And I'll explain. Tavern Master is, hey, you want to play a tycoon builder game, but really boil it down to just the essence of why that loop is fun. This feels like them saying, Hey, you like JRPGs, but what if you skipped all the dialogue, the talking, the waiting, the running, the backtracking, and you just did these six mechanics that are basically at the core of all Japanese RPGs or even RPGs in general. And there is a, there is a relaxing sort of loop to that. And I have a feeling that's what this is scratching for a lot of people. I could be wrong, but that feels yeah, like what that they're could getting be. out of it. I mean, the fights have never been the part of JRPGs I like, so that might also explain why I'm, you know, kind of pushing against it to a degree. But uh, it does seem like that. You know, it does seem like, yeah, boot it up, play a JRPG, go. We don't have to worry about all the characters and dialogue and talking and back and forth. Just just play. Yeah. Uh, it's It looks neat. <clears throat> I might have to check it out. I wanted to, I think this is on tablets, which seemed like a really good place for something like this. <laughs> um, so I might, I might play yeah, it there. It does seem like a mobile tablet game. Mm-hmm. One that would just, I don't know, lend itself well to like quickly look at a thing, move a dude, you know, do a fight. You know, if I could, if I could close my eyes and wish for a mix up or mash up, I would take the gameplay of Wilderness Myth and, and mash it up with the art in this game. Cause I like the yeah. portrait art in here. Yeah. Like, portrait art is actually really good. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of wish, yeah, I kind of wish Wildermyth looked like this rather than how it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's portrait. Oh yeah. Good point. Like there's, there's a, mm, you say that I do kind of wish <sighs> Wildermyth's biggest weakness is the, the cartoony kind of style of it isn't, this is not going to work for everybody. Some people are just gonna be turned just, off by yeah, it. Yeah, I just I don't like like it. Just it's it's fine if you like it, it's fine. But I, I just feel aesthetically, it looks it's it it turns me off. Like I go to look at the game to play it, and then I see the the cardboard pieces going like this. Um, I think I just don't like papercraft stuff because I know humble games. I bought a papercraft. They remember they had that papercraft RPG thing too that they released. I can't remember like pop up dungeons or something like that. We talked yeah. about it on the show. I had the same problem with that. It just looks too stupid for me yeah. i just i look at it and i go this this isn't just i can't do it i you know yeah <laughs> not a papercraft guy 
I, I don't like the look of papers <clears throat> when they walk on dingy, 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 dingy. You know, I'd mm-hmm. almost rather just slide into place like a chessboard. Sure. I don't like when it's cute and paper crafty. Do you like any of the like sack boy stuff or any of those things that were trying to be, hey, bunch of miniatures and, you know, sack boy? Yeah. Like, what's it called? Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet or, or oh, Tearaway or stuff. any of that stuff. Tearaway. Yoshi's Woolly World. Yeah. I never played that stuff. Okay. Kirby's Epic Yarn. Yeah. I don't it, mind board game aesthetic. Like, I like pieces and moving the pieces and stuff. But I just think the paper craft stuff, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Do you like Do you like Paper Mario? Because that's where we could have words if you don't like Paper Mario. Uh, I did. I played Paper Mario RPG. I played, what was the original? Was on Super Nintendo or something like that? Super NES. Yeah, I think it was SNES. Or no, maybe in N64 is where it first I showed. played the first one. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. That's I love not my favorite aesthetic. I love Paper Mario. He's, yeah. he's the man. Woo-hoo. But Nintendo does it with extra sauce. So it's probably, if it's Nintendo doing it, it's probably better. That's true. Their sauce is pretty good. It just has horrible online connectivity and weird business practices, but good, good <laughs> sauce. Good sauce. Animation sauce is good as well. Oh, I'm yeah. The, so- <laughs> the animated sauce, as good as anybody has ever done it. Uh, all right. Very nice, John. Oh, you played. I can't wait to hear about this. You played. Power Wash Simulator, a game I've spoken highly of, and I'm really curious what you think of that game. Uh, I'm a bit mixed on it. All right. I I think it's fine. <laughs> um, what's the best way to say this? When it's working great, it works great for me. Okay. The problem I have is that, and it, it makes sense, I, I it's not a criticism on what they decided to do, it's just telling my experience in it. The default power washer that you have feels like it only really works on the first two settings. Mm. Like, narrow little beam of water or slightly bigger fan of water. It feels like once you get into attachment three or four to fan out more water, Yeah. It feels like you have to go over it so many damn times or switch to another nozzle anyway and then go over that spot again that I don't find it as relaxing as it's, I thought I was going to because I don't yeah. find I don't find going over a spot and then having to go over that spot a bunch of times very relaxing. Yeah. I I actually find it kind of annoying. Yeah, so I, get that. I didn't love that, but that I could get over. Like, I'm also fine with it taking a little longer and just using the smaller nozzle and, and calling it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other two things that bugged me is so right now you're showing video of washing the van, which is the first mission that you do is washing this van. And I thought this was great. Like, I was still on board. I was like, yeah, all right, cool, great. Let's wash this van. And the second mission they give you is to do like an entire backyard. And it was too much. (laughs) It was like going from a car to a backyard. And I was like, I don't know if I'm sold on this yet. Mm -hmm. And now you've given me maybe too much to do. Yeah, there's a lot. That backyard jump is a big jump. No question. You know, if you want kids to do yard work or housework for you, you don't just throw a hundred things at them. Like you don't give them a week's worth of work on a single page. You tell them what you oh. need done at a small scale. It just felt like too much. Did they, they're yeah, using I, the you soap. Met my dad, have you? And, <laughs> and so I was just complaining and get back to work. Yeah. Oh, that'd shit. be your dad. Yeah. I was just too. at this place where I was like, Ugh, 
this is going to take too long. Like I hadn't, I hadn't found my happiness with the loop before they gave me too much to do on the loop. Well, let me ask you this. Are um, you using soaps at all? Cause soaps make a billion times of a difference. I when- tried it on, I think my fourth mission when I had to do the, the playground. Yeah. And I ran out of soap before I finished the first freaking thing I bought soap for. I was like, well, it's a playground. It's bound to have plastic. And sure enough, there was a big old plastic like stegosaurus. And I washed like its head and arm. And it's like, you're out of soap. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't know how fast I was going to go through this. And now I don't have any more. Um, soap goes so a long way, John. Now I'm just going to use water, I guess. And so... The the last thing that really bugged me, and it is pretty generous with, you know, so like it kind of divides items into things. So like for the car, for example, if you're spraying the windshield, it's like, okay, you're cleaning the windshield mm-hmm. and you don't have to get it 100% perfect for the game to then wipe all the dirt off it and go, okay, you cleaned it. You have to clean it about like 95% and then it cleans it the rest of the way and goes, okay, you did it, Mm -hmm. which is generally pretty smart, except some of the items that they've put in here are so incredibly small that even 95% is a ton of what that item constitutes Mm -hmm. and it's hidden. And I spent probably 20 minutes trying to figure out what little piece (laughs) of dirt I missed on a motorcycle was before the stupid thing was clean. And it turned from relaxing, cathartic pressure washing into just like spraying this motorcycle with a hose nonstop, just going, where are you? Well, did you hit the the tab button, which shows you not a damn thing. Weird. I couldn't tell. Well, for one, it highlights in orange and it was an orange motorcycle that had now been cleaned and was all 100% orange. Yeah. But I couldn't see it. I still don't know what ended up happening was I looked to see because they give you a little checklist at the end saying um, this is what is still dirty that you have to clean. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was one particular part of the bike and I found out what that was. And I just started spraying it from every angle. Mm -hmm. And on about my fifth time around the bike, spraying just this one part, all of a sudden it just went, okay, you're done. (laughs) I still don't know what I got, but I I did it eventually. And I had a similar issue with cleaning the house where it was like, oh, you got to clean the upper terrace. And I'm like, I have. I've sprayed it as much (laughs) as I possibly can. There's nothing there. Yeah. So it ended up being a bit more frustrating than relaxing for me. Yeah. And Maybe it's only relaxing to people that are good at cleaning. That's true. And that would, <laughs> that would actually track because I'm definitely not. <laughs> mm. um, so I, it's fine. It's good. Um, and it does have like, even though I have criticisms for it and I think it has some problems, the upgrade path is like intriguing because because the pressure washer isn't particularly good. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there at the shop going, I could buy a better pressure washer. Yep. If I just wash this many more houses, I can buy something that's actually good. And then I can use that big fan one yeah. and it'll actually clean something instead of just passing over it. And it somehow looks dirtier. <laughs> so you're living, you're living the real life of a power pressure washer. I'm telling you, man, like this is this having used one of these myself for real. I think part of that, part of it is, Part of what I like about it is that it feels like real pressure washing. And the difference is in real life, you can be a little skimpy and go, well, I didn't get that part of the tire. Who cares? Nobody can see it. But the game wants you to get it. 
I could totally see why that would be frustrating. Um, well, and I think we're also, you know, you're, I'm going to it for what's probably the wrong reason. It's not called power wash fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's called power wash simulator. Like, Hey, we want to simulate what it's like. So if it's, if it's reminiscent of what actual power washing is, that's one thing I'm sitting here just wanting a game. That's going to make me feel good. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it doesn't. Mm. So that's what made me bounce off of it was I was like, I don't feel satisfied after power washing. I feel like I worked. I feel like the game owes me some money. <laughs> the game owes you like 30 bucks for this job yeah. you did. Yeah, I so worked. it's interesting because it's still in early access. Obviously, that could mean a lot of things. But one thing I've noticed is the reviews have all been like it's overwhelmingly positive re- uh, reviews on Steam. That tells me that there's nobody really going, oh, if they fix this, it'll be perfect. Or like they feel like they maybe are hitting all the right marks already. So they may not actually end up addressing the stuff that bugs you. Uh, oh, and I think it's fine. I don't think it's a bad game. I think if this game intrigues you, I think it's still going to give you what you want, most likely. Um, I just, I think I had built it up in my head what it was going to be, and what I got was maybe not necessarily that. Um, I, I thought it was going to be kind of in the same way that I find House Flipper very satisfying. Yeah. And I just didn't walk away from power washing satisfied which I guess just means maybe it's just not the career for me. Well, here, that's fine. <laughs> here's the difference too. I played a little bit of house flipper. I forgot to mention it just for funsies this week. And I really like that game. And they put out some new content. So I was like, oh, let's check that out. They, you can fudge a lot of things in that game. And yeah. when you do, it doesn't punish you too greatly. In fact, you could really fudge it and just, um, don't want to do this house. anymore. I'm just going to sell it. And then you still make money and then you can go on to the next house. You may not have made, you know, an extra 20 grand on the 300 grand you sold the house for, but you still feel pretty good about it, even though you let that window go. This game, Power Wash Simulator doesn't have that, that flexibility. It doesn't want to let you get away with just doing a good enough job. And in fact, this job, this very job, if it was in House Flipper, would be like a very fast, like ship, ship, ship. Okay, well done. Now move on to the next thing. <laughs> yep. So I think and that sometimes that's how that. I do my windows in House Flipper. Have you ever done the lazy windows in House Flipper where you oh, just yeah. kind of go, yeah, just uh, uh, it's, good, it's good enough, and then it cleans itself, and yeah. you're like magic. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it, I so I think they could learn something from that if they want to make it more approachable or more, I don't know, cathartic and less fiddly. If they're aiming for you know, a hundred percent sim, I, maybe not, maybe they're, they're going to make it fiddly, but I, I find it pretty cathartic. Um, I like house flipper more though. Uh, so maybe that supports what you're saying. I don't know. That's an interesting take. I think it'll be an interesting game to watch and see how it, uh, evolves. Cause I think they want to do a lot more than just, Hey, wash shit. I think they want to make it more, you know, yeah. a more meaningful progression. And, uh, and I'm interested to see where they take that because if at the uh, end of the day, it is just literally, here's a bigger thing to wash. And that's really all you're doing. You know, that's not going to have as much staying power as house flipper, which is always adding new content and new holidays and new kinds of houses and, and items and all that kind of stuff. So look, your video did it. Look, this guy's stuck. He's looking at it and he's going, this clean van and I don't know what to do now. He's stuck at ninety nine percent. Yeah, he's missed a spot. He's missed something. Yeah, well, he what know spot where. did he miss? Yeah, probably the roof. Yeah, know, he spent a lot of time up there, and that's what he's trying. So that's it. You're not wrong. And he, if he hit the tab button, you can see stuff that's not done yet. He's not doing that for some reason. Um, and you can turn that off actually. 
or he can't see what's highlighting because that highlighting thing is is it works really really well when there's a lot of obvious things you're missing <laughs> but if it's like a piece of dirt vaguely back behind the tire yeah. you can highlight it till the cows come home you're never going to see it yeah i can so, see him getting frustrated too because look at him he's like he's <laughs> <laughs> like i'm spraying this whole damn car yeah um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I wound up with it and it's fine. Yeah, maybe he should look in the wheel. It's just well. like, I, that's it. I'm going to crawl on the ground around this van until this thing is clean. Yeah. That's how real cleaning is. You clean, like if you clean like 99% of a table, but leave like, you know, some boogers off to the side, it's not clean. You got to clean it. <laughs> I, I mean, that, I agree. That's the game. Yeah. I agree. That's why I said, I think I went in wanting something different. I wanted something that was going to make me feel cleaner than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Maybe that's what they'll do ultimately. I don't know. I think this guy's got a wheel well that's got some schmoo in it, and he's just not getting down there like Bo said. He's Probably a wheel it. well. That seems to be the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. in real life and, and otherwise. It is nice that once you've highlighted or cleaned a thing, it'll highlight, but then you got to remember that that's highlighted, right? So like the door, the driver's door will go bling and light up blue when you've cleaned it, but aren't then a half an hour later, some- you're not going to remember that. But yeah. it looks like there's a sub meter. Like when you highlight something, it tells you what you're highlighting and there's a sub. Yeah. So it's a headlight yeah, actually headlight. right there. Yeah. He's missing some, he's missing a headlight. Yeah. And he got it. Finally. Tick on a headlight and he got yeah. it. Yeah. So I yeah. mean that rather than spray around, just like look at things and see if anything has a meter left, but he's probably new to the game. It's the first level. So yeah. Yeah. I will and say this looks like an earlier version. Pay too, attention. Because, yeah. So that don't move on to the next thing until that meter is all the way down. <laughs> Bo's like, get meticulous with it. Yeah. Well, you should play it, Bo. Yeah. You get Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> yeah. I'm not into Chorcore at all. <laughs> yeah, that chor- the Chorcore thing has not landed on Bo very well, but I'm I just always excited to hear when John's picking up one and playing he with it. He says that, but then he's going to tell us what he did in Valheim. It's, it's pretty chory. Chor-core. Yeah, that's some Chorcore. It's just got some fantasy around the chores, but it's still chores. Yeah, just because you got attacked by a creature while you were doing your chores yeah. doesn't mean it's any less of a shortcore game. Uh, tell me about Raft before we moved to Valheim and Bo. What is, I know what Raft is, but you say you played a lot of it. What is, what I played is a deal? lot of it. Yeah, yeah. This is the, this is probably the game of, of all the games I played this week. This is the one I kept coming back to. Um, I was kind of intrigued by this game uh, called Raft, which is about building a raft. <laughs> it's kind of a survival game, yeah. and uh, the idea is that you start on a raft uh, with a little hook with a rope tied around it, and you have to build stuff to make your raft and your life on the raft better. And uh, So you have survival to... game on a raft, basically. Yeah, survival game on a raft. All right. Um, what are you looking at? It says this is raft. pulling up does not look like the game I played. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is called... Alone in the ocean, stranded deep. Let me find the real one. It's <laughs> like this isn't the game I played at all. Nope. All right, I'll find. We it. need to start sending Scott videos for the stuff. Oh, we I found played. it. Here it is. I, I clicked the wrong damn thing. Here it is. All right, so there it is. Raft. You're on a raft. You got some kind of hook. Yeah, and so you're just like grabbing. You're like surrounded by garbage. Like the ocean is just riddled with oh, stuff. Oh no, fishing! And you, <laughs> you just start bringing stuff in and building up your raft. Um, yeah, super there, pass on this one. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, I I had a great time with this game. Once I found a gameplay mode that I liked. Oh, so the. I got in and I was like, okay, we'll try it on normal. Let's see what the default experience for this game is before we, you know, we go too crazy. 
And I thought I was going to end up really liking it and that it was going to be fun. And then the shark really started to just bug the shit out of me. Uh So there's a shark that's pretty much following your raft constantly. Um, I named him Dennis. I, other people have called him other things. Um, but I named him Dennis and (laughs) he is annoying as shit because (laughs) for no good damn reason, like I'm fine with the idea of if you got in the water, the shark tries to eat you. Like that's a, that's a mechanic I understand and I'm okay with. But for no good damn reason, the shark will occasionally just come up and eat a chunk off your boat unless you poke him with a stick. Okay. And even if you poke him with a stick, he's going to do some damage before you send him away. And I got so sick of this mechanic, especially because they've added islands to the game. So you're not on the raft the whole time. Like every now and then you'll discover an island and you go and you explore it. And what I discovered is that the shark will eat the shit out of your boat while you're exploring the island. (laughs) So I came back and all my stuff was gone because friggin' Dennis just decided to start eating my boat while I was checking out this island. And the thing that appeals to me about this game is I I really kind of like the exploration elements of it. It's why I like games like Wind Wind Waker and uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I like sailing the seas and finding an island and going and checking it out and then getting back on my boat and sailing to something else. You'd like Sea of Thieves, I think. You should play Sea of Thieves. Yeah, like I I like that stuff. (laughs) I like that stuff a lot and I have a really good time with it. I like doing it alone is the problem, but yeah. Um, I get you. It's uh, I just got sick of the shark and I found that there is a peaceful mode where the shark will not eat you. And once I discovered that and he won't eat your boat, which is really the I don't mind the shark trying to eat me. It's the eating the boat that bugs me. Yeah. Um, There are upgrades before anybody tells me you can armor the corners of your boat so that the shark can't eat it. Um, it's just not a mechanic I enjoy though. You know, it's like everybody's got that, you know, in Skyrim, maybe you think encumbrance is just too much and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, for me, it was the shark eating the boat. Once I could work on my boat and not worry about Dennis eating it, this game just became (laughs) super fun for me. Um, not as challenging on peaceful mode. Obviously you don't have to worry about getting eaten by a shark. Um, there are other creatures that'll attack you. There's wild pigs. There's birds that'll drop giant rocks on you for some reason. Okay. Um, <laughs> Those birds are like dicks. Peaceful mode kind of turns all that stuff off. Uh, yeah. Wi- <laughs> yeah. so, Yay. That's what I would say. I don't want no birds shitting on me. Forget it. <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot better. But as far as, like, a game where you just kind of design your own boat and build your own upgrades, like... I'm really enjoying the the loop of it and the experience of it. It's very calm and very relaxing. And so while Power Wash Simulator didn't really let me find my Zen place, this game really did for me because mm. I just found customizing the raft and making it bigger and going, oh, well, I'm going to use better materials and now I'm going to construct a sail and now I can actually control where the raft goes rather than just drifting around and now I'm going to construct a second floor and, you know, just kind of growing this boat into something cool uh, was just a really fun experience. For I'm, me. I'm so. seriously interested in playing. It looks like something I would actually really enjoy in that mode. And it reminds me of when I changed Shipbreaker to be 
basically open, uh, what they call it? Open, open shift mode. I think it's so basically the idea is your shift doesn't have a start or a stop. It was kind of timed in the main mode. And a lot of players are like, give us a way to play without the timer. Uh, Cause it's really stressful. And also I don't want to, you know, die or whatever. So they let you dial that stuff around. And one of them is to turn off that mode. So you just ship break at your leisure, but you can still have the full experience of the campaign that way. Yeah. That's what that sounds like here. I'm I'm actually kind of wanting to. I have this. I think. Why haven't I played this? It's cool. I I highly recommend it. I think you'll dig it. I, the only thing that kind of bums me out is I do wish it was a little more granular in what you could turn on and what you could turn off. Mm-hmm. Um, because peaceful mode again, it. I don't think that that's what I ultimately want. I just want the shark to not eat my boat. Because it does make peaceful mode makes a lot of upgrades and items trivial. So there's reasons to not go down certain paths at all. And that can be a bit of a of a bummer when all of a sudden like, oh, well, I never have to worry about this. So there's no reason for me to make this particular item or worry about this. Like you can create flippers and a way to breathe underwater and stuff like that. And I don't really, I haven't needed to worry too much about it because I'm not getting attacked by anything. So swim speed, who cares? Nothing's going to try and eat me in the water. I don't have to make shark bait to get uh, Dennis to go do something else. Um, because he's just not going to attack me. He's just my friend now who just accompanies me on my raft journey. It's uh, so by I, the way, it's a, still an early access. I didn't realize that. They started in 2018. It's still uh, still going. Yeah, they're still doing updates to it and and fleshing it out. It sounds like maybe you know islands got a lot more variety to them. I guess in the past maybe it was a a little bit more. This is what islands look like. Uh, I do wish see a thieves style. There was a little more intrigue to the islands. Like I. I hit a point where I was pretty good on resources. And so I just stopped caring about exploring islands, which was a little bit of a bummer, but I mean, overall the game is very relaxing and very fun. Um, it does have fishing in it. So Bo would definitely love it. Yeah. Um, you'd love it's like got fishing. two levels of fishing because it has literal fishing and then it has fishing for items by throwing this hook out to bring items into your Yeah, room. I'm not into this at all. I'm watching video of it. <laughs> <laughs> I get that it's a survival game, so, you know, yeah. it's just in a different, its own unique genre, but I'm definitely not into a water-based survival game like this. I don't know. I'm kind of... Just because fishing sucks. Feeling drawn to it. I'm going to check it out. I don't, love, I don't love fishing either, but I, I don't know. In the right context, I can be convinced. Uh, excellent. Bo, tell us about your still addiction to Valheim. What's I'm going on? Playing every day, putting in a lot of time. John's not wrong. There are chores in that game, but you know, chores. It's it's a it's not the entirety of it. It's pretty much a lot like Rat. I mean, it's a survival game, right? So you have an objective to kill the bosses. It involves you know. I've talked about this game a lot. It involves building the base. I enjoy building the bases. I enjoy. It's like it feels like an MMO, but without any quests or NPCs, you're kind of making your own fun. I kind of get a kick out of that still. I just got I finally found a sunken crypt in the swamp biome. That's the third biome. Um, it's a pretty hard place. Figured out how to get my poison resist. I guess the worst thing was I went boating to discover on a biome's not yet in the game because it is early access. I think I spent eight hours just boating around. And um I got on my way back home, I got 
a deskito killed me, so it's a really hard bug in the planes. Are they called that? Death and Skeeto? I lost all my gear like hours and hours away from my home base, so I had to build another boat, sail out for like six hours to go get my stuff, and hopefully not get killed again, and then sail back. So just portals. Make sure to bring materials for a portal and and you know explore safely, so you can portal back nice. without having to corpse run for hours. But I maybe spent about. Six to eight hours corpse running to get my sweet gear back. Oh my gosh, that's intense. Yeah, and like we had this other adventure too, where I went mining for copper. Now copper you can't take in a teleporter; you gotta wheel it back. So it's very heavy. It's not convenient to cart it on your person. So you have to get a cart and yeah. then pull it on the cart. Yeah. The thing is, the heavier the cart is, the harder harder it is to pull over hills. <laughs> so I, I mined too much <laughs> copper. And he, I was streaming it, so Hans Sanitizer, who's in the chat room now, he joined my game and helped me carve out a literal path. That's nice. Like, it basically took me, like, six hours to cart all this ore home because trying to get this heavy-ass thing through. I, I just, checked out your stream at the end of it. So I just got the relief and, oh, my God, what did we just do reaction yeah, without seeing yeah. anything that led up to it. But it sounded like quite an ordeal. <laughs> so I, what's kind of fun is learning, doing things the hard way and then figuring out that there's more efficient ways. So there is an upgrade to a boat of the boat eventually, I think, gives a lot of room in the boat. The boat is safer to, to transport things on in terms of not being victim to hills and stuff like that. But it's fun. Mm. Um I'm finding it the the monsters like I've pretty much got the forest biome unlocked. I can kill the trolls and the all the denizens of the black forest fine, but swamp is pretty rough still. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm getting my I'm getting my intestines and my uh, <laughs> my uh, muddy iron ore that I find in there. I just got I just got in. It was a big accomplishment to finally. It was I went so I set up a base next to a swamp, but it had no sunken crypts. And sunken crypts are important for progression because it has the iron in it. Yeah. So it was a huge waste of time setting up a base when I should have explored and found a second crypt first. So I just, it's like kind of unexciting to talk about because I just spend a lot of time figuring out the game systems, refusing to look things up online. Um, but it's fun. I'm enjoying it. At Crofton and I will be playing tomorrow. Uh, it is up to 10 players on a server. So if you guys wanted to play Valheim with some people, we're going to, I think we're going to play. I watched you, uh, I watched you stream some and it, it made my list of games that i bought so valheim oh, nice. is yeah valheim is on there i just haven't played it yet um, when you do multiplayer the thing about that game too is like doing things together makes the jobs a lot easier like playing solo but there's no persistence right like if you play multiplayer you gotta have a server and then whatever you do on that server run is there but if it yeah if you all log so, off so it basically your so your character is not locked to a server or a world so you can start five worlds with the same character um, it has skyrim like progression but you, there is penalty on death. You do lose skills on death. It's like five percent of your shit. Yeah. Um, but there's death protection if you die over and over again. But you, there is the, the 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 skill increases are incremental, so don't worry. You, you don't worry about it. But you're not locked to a world, so it's like an MMO character where you can log into any server. So uh -oh. um, I have three, you know. Uh, and furthermore, you can mule items between servers as well. It's just one of the quirks of the game. So if you get a bunch of ore on World One, you can bring it to World Two. No biggie. Oh, weird. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, I thought it. I thought it was. I like don't know an if instance. that's going to change, but that's how it works right now. But the thing is, you can start uh, multi. You can you can bring you can just set your world, whatever world that you belong that you made on your computer to multiplayer, and then you can just bring friends in, 
or you can make a community server that's password protected. Hmm. The third option is you can run your own dedicated server, right? which I've looked into because I thought like, you know, getting a second PC up and running it full time, you could basically make your own MMO world, right? That anyone could log into at any time. And I've like, yeah. that's intriguing. I kind of, I like that idea that there is now a persistent world. So the world's not persistent unless you're, you know, logged in on your computer and you've invited other players into it or yeah. whatever. You're going to make it persistent. But you can set up your own persistent server, um, yeah. which, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. I know? did that but in it, the it does take a bit of work. late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. I ran my own Unreal Tournament servers and I, I kind of miss it. It was fun. Yeah, like the idea of ownership, and this is my realm. You know, I'm yeah. the Shang Tsung of this island, like kind of thing. Like, <laughs> like I, I kind of want, I kind of want. There's a part of me that that part of the appeal of the game is that I'm like, I'm, it's like running my own MMO, and people can log in and build shit, and you know, it'll be password protected, so asshats won't be coming in there destroying all of our stuff. But there's also items that lock your business in there too, so there's some extra layers of protection there. Um, I don't know. It's it's. It seems cool. Yeah. I like this. Like, you know, I'm always saying I don't like open world games, but this feels like a real open world game in the sense that it's just kind of this big sandbox. And I like it, but you're not wrong. And that has plenty of chores. I have pigs now. Oh, so I've good. named, uh, I have pet boar. I've tamed boars and actually I've named two of them after you. So I have a Scott and John boar. Oh, nice. the boars are meant for slaughter, but because I oh. named them all after people I know or viewers <laughs> on my Twitch channel, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time killing them for their leather and meat because I'm like, Oh, I don't want to kill John and Scott. You no know, they're kidding. my pet boars. Sounds so. like they say never name hunt. them. That's, that's what they say. Yeah, Never name your boar. <laughs> well, I have to. So I have, I have about 15 boars. Wow. There's one for Kyle and Kristen, my family members, and some some listeners. You should name them meat products. Like this, <laughs> this like one's Oscar hot dog, Bayer. and this one's name them after serial killers, and just pretend you're Dexter. Yeah, there you go. Ding. Mm. I heard that new Dexter's good. Has anyone seen that yet? Yeah, it's good. No, I've never watched it's, Dexter. It's like a good season of Dexter. Okay. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's up to Trinity Killer season levels, but it's right up there. Like it's, it's that was solid. pretty good. I remember it was hard the first time because it was John Lithgow and it threw me, but it's pretty good. I, so Kenlin wants to know if I have bees. Yes, I have bees. I have three bees. Bee, Wait, uh, beehives. Beehives. So honey. Honey's a food. Yeah. So Not just bees. a bee. Okay. I have beehives. And so every day they make a new unit of honey. So every four days I'll usually pull out uh, four. So my dad's, my dad's, uh, my dad used to have favorite dad jokes. One of them was, what is the most common ailment that bees complain of? And it was hives. So, it's so uh, so stupid. It's really well stupid. Like it couldn't have been stupider. And this was the eighties. I liked it, but I just had a kid, so <laughs> you know you got to start saving these up. It's yeah, good stuff good for later. Uh, great. Anyways, Valheim, it's good. I also you, played some Heroes of the Storm, and I wanted to share with you uh, that it's like a time capsule in there now on my second game that <laughs> we were losing. Yeah. And one guy was like, Rhaegar, can't you go soak? And Rhaegar's like, no, I'm a healer. I can't soak. And the other guy's like, but Rhaegar's really good at clearing. Go watch a YouTube video. And it was like, I haven't played in a while. And it's like I never left. It's like the people there are stuck in some kind of time stasis where they're just having the same thought. I'm like, you guys really even have energy to argue about this shit? The game's been out for years. I was like, it's good to be back. It was fun. Yeah, that's good. Did you win? Did you feel good about your... Time. I probably won as much as I lost. I just went in there to play some games for fun. I wasn't really too hung up on winning, and you know it's a good time. I'd been there for a while, and 
I played a few games. I miss those but. weeks where I would just see one of you online in there and we just hop in and play all night. I miss that. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's part of, I miss it so much. It was part of my daily life was playing with people and yeah. living and breathing. Yeah. It was Heroes. a big deal. Uh, it was, it was fun. It's still a good game. Still fun game. Still fun game. Too bad. Other things are weird. Hey, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, one more email from listeners who asked the question. Oh shit. I lost it. There it is. They asked this question. That's a good question. Or no, I, I said, that's a good question after they asked me their question. Anyway, uh, talk to the core gmail.com is the email address. John says this person, this is Aaron. Try finishing Halo Infinite's campaign before laying down judgment on it. Chief is the most interesting and dynamic he's ever been. I find it odd that you'd say you're tired of him before even finishing. Comes off as lazy. Love the show. Just not your takes on your unfinished gaming ventures. <laughs> wow. Aaron. Nice. I did that in a tone. Uh, I believe it was intended. But anyway, John, yeah, how do you respond? Paint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, he did. I just wish he would address what I actually said instead of... Uh, you know what he thinks i said mm. um but i think this is a case and i hope people will listen uh, instead of hearing that i don't like master chief and getting so mad that you missed the entire point i think halo infinite is a fantastic game um and i i think i was pretty clear that i i loved it um it almost was my like game i need to play more of uh on my list for that except yeah. that i had put so many hours into it i was like well I actually have played a lot of this game. I don't know if I can put it on the I need to play more uh, list with how much I've played it. But my criticisms of Master Chief and Cortana and Brutes was not about Halo Infinite. It was about everything that led up to Halo Infinite. Mm. So I wasn't saying Halo Infinite is bad because Master Chief is so boring in it. I said I didn't care about Master Chief because the past five games have made me not care about Master Chief. Mm. So it's, it wasn't a criticism of Halo Infinite. It was a criticism of where I was starting, you know, and, and that's what I was talking about. It's like if Burger King all of a sudden said, hey, we've, uh, we've decided we, we need to be Burger King again. So we've completely changed the menu, changed how we do everything. It's a whole new Burger King again. Yeah. And I said, you know, traditionally, I don't like Burger King very much. And someone went, you have to try it before you can say that. No, I don't. I've tried it plenty. And the result is that I don't like Burger King very much. <laughs> Does that mean that if I go and try a new improved Burger King that I might enjoy it? Sure. And I would be open to this. But I think what this email should say to properly address that is to say, John, by the end of Halo Infinite, I, th I thought Master Chief was the most interesting and dynamic he's ever been. I would be curious what your take is if you finish the game. Mm -hmm. To that, instead of being argumentative, I would say, yeah. I, I mean, look, I play Final Fantasy XIV, a game that is notorious for having people go, it gets good. You just have to give it about 100 hours first. I'm not opposed to saying things get better over time, but I am telling you that Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo 5 did not sell me on Master Chief and Cortana. So I am starting at a place of eh, not really caring that much about it. So uh, that's where my criticisms were. Sir, yeah, this is a Wendy's. Especially <laughs> because uh, ODST and Reach were very good Halo games, which did not contain him. That's true. There was no, I mean, there were references to him, but he did not, you never played as Master Chief in any of that stuff. Right. Those two games. Yeah. I, I just, you know, and it could turn around. You could see me in a couple months in here going, guys, I take it all back. 
at the end of Infinite, Master Chief, friggin' badass. He spray paints his armor. Yep. He stops with the one-liner jokes. He tells a two-liner joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I will even say that the new Cortana that's in that game, I sh- she doesn't have a name yet right now because they haven't felt it appropriate to give her one yet, but it's basically like Lil Cortana. Yeah. Um, I like her a lot more than original Cortana, mm-hmm. who I liked. I just didn't like what they did with her story. Yeah. Like I think she's got a lot of character and personality. Yeah, um I like so it too. I, I think Infinite's doing really well. And I reserve the right to change my opinion about Master Chief. But going into Infinite, uh no, he's he's not interesting. That's an interesting clarification. I hope that helps Aaron understand where you're coming from. So Aaron, let us know what you think. Talk to the core at gmail dot Calm. All right, everybody, as we conclude things here today, I wanted to play one last thing. This is put together by TMS Mashups Jamie, who makes mashups of different shows around the Frog Pants Network. And lately, he's way back into core and digging up some really cool stuff. He found the origins of the Dear Martha Steam reviews. And I don't even remember what this was. I don't either. I mean, we know the Dear Martha stuff started back when you were doing Dear Martha scenarios around Heroes of the Storm. Um, but when it started as a steam review, this is a bit of an origin. So we're going to play it, see what it is. I haven't heard this yet, so I have no idea what we're into. Uh, but here it is. Let's check it out. Okay. You guys either have to walk me away from this edge or tell me I'm justifying me doing it. I got a key from a developer for a game called lust from beyond. Here's what it says. Lust from Beyond is a psychological horror with a cult and erotic psychological uh, horror game with a cult and erotic themes, exploring a graphically advanced environment full of interactive items. Are they talking about what I think they're talking about? Because it sounds like this game just wants me to watch people doing it. This game is horror erotica done right. It's not just yet another press F to orgasm porn game. It's a full blown product that's a huge improvement over original title. Why F? There's this whole otherworldly horror thing and the porn around it feels uncanny and cringe and yet enticing at the same time Uh it's a hard trick to pull especially today when everyone is accustomed to porn oh man i should have played this while you were doing it (laughs) actually you know what let's do it we're gonna do one let's do a dear martha i'll read a review for this game as dear martha all right here it comes tell me when you got one and then we'll get a dear martha okay I, i got one we'll read this review from barkin all right here we go My dearest Martha, today I'd like to tell you about a video game called Lust for... Wait, what was it? (laughs) Lust from from Beyond. Wow, great game. I've never played something like this. I'm not a fan of horror games. I find them cheesy and linear, but I really enjoyed my time with this title. I would recommend this to anybody who likes adult content and games. It's not just another fap game it's immersive and fun these devs put in a lot of great work behind this title and it shows pick it up now yours truly barkin wow it's not it's just, not a, what just you, another fab game. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty funny. You need, to, you need to clip that and keep that as a thing. This needs to be the way that Dear Martha's go in the future for recorded ones. We need to find really yeah. bad Steam reviews. Well, there's, okay, we'll do a weekly feature. We'll read a Steam review as a Dear Martha. Okay, so we're going to divvy up the job. I got the sound file ready to go. Your job is to find a review you want to read. Done. We got a segment. Got it. Okay. We'll start in. it next week. All right. Now that you're a father, this is the perfect transition. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
So wait a minute, that was right after the baby was born? That's crazy. I guess. No, I think that was the announcements. There was like nine months leading up. To oh, me. maybe. Okay, yeah, maybe she was just we pregnant. Finding, we found out. Oh, that's that funny. I didn't been exp- doing these a while, so I, it seems too short. Yeah, I didn't. I'm just, I'm a little surprised that it's as I didn't know we 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 sussed that out on the air. I didn't know that's how that worked. I don't know how we. I, I couldn't remember how we resurrected it, but that was it, it. That was the first time we had done the Dear Martha Steam review, but we had been doing Letters to Martha since Heroes was a thing. Oh yeah, but and we not, had not as like not as like a thing. But we were just like, you know, someone's bitching about not soaking bot lane. My dearest master, people won't soak in the bot lane while I'm playing Heroes of the Storm. Right. No, I I'm remember that. I'm never coming home. I remember all of that, except there was a giant chunk of time where we just didn't do them because we weren't doing Heroes anymore. So what is what is Dear Martha anymore, right? So it was that re- It was 2020 then? So that's weird. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. When time, did we start the show? Is time is weird. 2015, yeah. We're on year oh seven. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> think really? of that. On year seven of core. Oh, geez. Think of that. Crap. I know. I. You know what happened the other day? I went to my dentist's office and I walked in, and the the lady, you know, looked at me and she said, "I don't remember if this is exactly your name," but she goes, uh, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Sue. I'll be cleaning your teeth." And I said, "Oh, uh, yeah. Hi, Sue. Yeah, you uh, you've cleaned my teeth before." <laughs> And she goes, oh, did I? She <laughs> said, I, I looked to see if I had seen you before. Maybe I didn't look back far enough. And I'm sitting here in my head going, I saw you like a month ago, <laughs> like maybe a couple months ago. And she looks and she goes, oh, I did. That was a little over a year ago. And oh, I went, yeah. what the hell? It's been a year. Yeah. It feels like it's been a month. Well, you Maybe should. two or three it, it, months. Your visit is a world to you, but to someone who works at it, they see teeth every day. And they're like, is that not? Well, and I'm not saying she needed to remember me, but the the thing was, is I to me, it was just like, no, we. I was just here. We just did this, and then she said, "Do you want to get the the cancer screening for your mouth?" And I, once again, same trick. I went, "Well, didn't I just do that?" And she said, "Well, yeah, we recommend doing it once every year." I went, "Uh huh." And she goes, it's been over a year. Oh, yeah. It, it's just baby time has removed oh, all yeah. concept of that. Uh, it doesn't uh, exist for me. It really doesn't. And you're right. I'm I it's made me feel like I have a really good memory because I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened yesterday. Yeah. People are like, no, it's months and months ago. Yeah, no, time is all jacked up once you have kids. I'm telling you, it's all jacked up the older you get anyway, but it, uh, for sure. Now, when they say cancer screening, is that where they just finger your mouth and do the whole around? Yeah, mouth? there was a lot of like weird sensual touching around the face that was yeah. like unexpected. There's just like a lot of hands and grabbing, and then they shined a really intense blue light in my mouth. That's why they got to ask your permission because it's weird otherwise. If they just started doing that, you'd be like, oh, hold on a minute. Was this Dr. Watley on Seinfeld? Am I going to be naked? <laughs> yeah, like, like a South Park episode. Like, we're going to check you for cancer. Uh, have you had anal sex? Before? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> was it, like, what? <laughs> wasn't ready. It was just very tender. It was very nice. I was like, I'm going to ask my wife to cancer screen later tonight maybe this is nice. and nobody and not everybody does this it's a my dentist does and yours does but it's not a it's not super super common like it's just like an added thing where they're like hey like mine takes my blood pressure when i go in that's the only dentist, dentist? i ever had that did that yeah yeah and the, <laughs> really I mean, yeah kids everybody whoever comes in they get they it's a small one that goes on your wrist it's like a little clamp yeah and you got to hold it in a certain way and i don't think they're very accurate anyway but they do it you go in 
put it on there and they'll tell you if you're high or low and they just do it every time. So yeah, I think every dentist is just doing their own damn thing, singing to their own song. <laughs> well, uh, JC Calhoun says they did the light thing when he had the cancer screening, doesn't remember any of the touching. I didn't either from a year ago. I don't think they did the touching last time. I remembered the light and I remembered it being very quick. And all of a sudden she's just like, just touching my cheeks and my neck. And I was like, well, this is nice, but unexpected. Of course, Mine didn't even ask. Lumps, right? I mean, yeah. 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 Looking yeah. For lumps. Mine didn't even ask. He just went, and then put his fingers at the gloves in my mouth and went all around my gums and everything. And he didn't even ask. I wish I could get a cancer screening because I, I got a lump on my chest. Yeah. Although I went and x-ray to get it checked out. Just apparently I have an inflamed, uh, not inflamed, but just like a... Um, a ligament that's oh, like I have that loaded or something. Yeah, yeah. like on, on my first rib, just up, just above my collarbone, like right here. But it freaks me the hell out. I'm like, this side flat, that side bump. I'm on my doctor. I'm like, I think I have cancer. No, they're <laughs> just like, they're floaters. They're like, um, I have one over here on my rib. It's all, the ribs get them bad for people, and I've had one for like 20 years or something over here. Yeah. I am in Canada. Listen, it's not the golden land in Canada of healthcare. Like, yes, we don't pay for it, and it's wonderful. But, you know, the doctors don't want to see you. It's pandemic. They're like, if you're not dying, they don't want to see you. Yeah, it's the same as here. Yeah, it's the same as here, except we we have to pay if we go in. But they still don't want to see us. Yeah, and they're crazy wait time. Like, wait times are an issue here. It's like free. Hey, they're an issue here, too. My my wife got told, like, hey, you need to get in for an immediate screening um, for this. Schedule it. And she was like, well, if it's if it's urgent, can you schedule it? And they said, no, you have to. And this was in like late October. She called up uh, multiple doctors and they said, we can see you in January. Yeah, <laughs> but my doctor every said, single one of them January. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm so glad we have to pay so much for our health care to avoid wait times. Yeah. So that we can have emergencies be dictated to be a January thing. Yeah. Healthcare is effed the, up everywhere. The pandemic was a terrible time also to have anxiety issues because I had the same problem. It's like I need to talk to somebody now. And it's like, it'll be six months. Yeah, we'll be all <laughs> Enjoy set. Enjoy your life. Yeah, just put your shit on hold. We'll see you in six months. Enjoy. I mean, what can you do? Everyone's freaked out. I mean, it's not their fault, but it's like right. Yeah. Healthcare, rough. Yeah, rough. it's a weird. It's a weird thing. I guess people, it still is. I've just gotten over it. So. People are hard at scale. I've said this multiple times today. People are hard at scale. We're just bad. The bigger it gets, the worse it is for people. Anyway, I hope your little nub is like mine. It just floats there. My wife checks it all yeah, the time, and she's fine. like, "Yep, still same size, still moves around." And then whenever I see a doctor, they're like, uh, "How's that thing going?" Oh, I don't know. Check it. Oh, yeah, it's still good. That's just a little cartilage ball in there. Thing is, I don't know when it appeared. I think that's the worst part about when things appear in your body. Like, did I have it the whole time and not notice? Right, right. <laughs> Was it, has it been there for 20 years and I didn't really feel around there? Or is it new and now I have this It's like know, my head age. mole. Do you guys see that head mole? The red yeah, thing? Yeah. I've had that my whole life but didn't know it. It just my since I'm receding it and it, you know everyone does eventually it now is visible but for oh, my twenties and most of my thirties I didn't visible. see it I didn't know it was there but it was always under there so yeah. it's like a big red piece of shit hate it well 
I'm, I hate yeah. it. I want to get it off. I'm going to have to remove it. To get it off? Yeah, the yeah. Doc- they're weird about removing moles from your head because I, I have one, and I was like, "Hey, can I get this taken off?" They're like, "You'll have a scar," and I was like, "Yeah, but right now I have a mole." Yeah, that's I what I said. Scars. <laughs> oh I had God, this I exact conversation with my doctor. Exactly the same thing, and they said, "Oh, well, it'll leave a scar." I'm like, "I know, but yeah. right now it looks like somebody jammed a strawberry into my face." <laughs> try, try saying, "I am my scars." See how that goes. Well, that'll go great. They'll, they're all WoW fans. They'll immediately cow, kowtow but, to my needs. So yeah. they won't do it because they're worried about scarring. Yeah, there and you go. It's basically yeah. a scar anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's right? worse like, than a scar. A scar, you're at least people look at you and they're like, man, he got hit by some heavy shit. Yeah. Well, the mole, they're like, no. No, he's a mole. Witch kissed him or something. Yeah, witch kiss. That's where they come from. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my gosh. Where were you 25 years ago when I was raising a baby? I wanted to tell my kids that moles come from witch kisses. That's That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. That's good. I'm telling Van. All right. Um, (laughs) Well done. Hey, quick note to a couple of really awesome patrons of our Patreon. Patreon.com slash core show. Gil Vermoten. Vermoten. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Kevin Slayton and Bradley Dexter. All three amazing supporters at the core hound plat, uh, platinum the course hound silver and uh, also silver levels you guys are awesome if those uh, are confusing to anyone go check them out and find out what the uh, different levels will give you i can tell you this every week no matter what level you're on you're going to get bonus content that we record pre-show every episode you're going to get cool stuff up and down that thing so go read it it's real simple sign up throw us a buck and you'll be our heroes uh, that's core. Sorry, that's patreon.com slash core show. And that is going to do it. Talk to the core at gmail.com is our email address. Please use that on the frequent. We love hearing from you guys. Core pod on Twitter. John's at John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. Find Bo at Bo Schwartz. And you can find this show live each and every Thursday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time at twitch.tv slash frog pants. Everything else for this show is at frogpants.com slash core. All right, as tradition dictates, we like to throw it around the table and get some final words of wisdom. John, it's your turn. What do you want to say? Um, beware witch kisses. Oh, or they'll leave a mark. I like it. Bo, how, how do you want to add to that? What do you got? <coughs> oh, my gosh. I was hoping we'd never hear it again. <laughs> great. That's sand people for have a great week, everybody. Go play your video games, and we'll see you next time. show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. You were almost a Jill sandwich.